You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome everyone, boys and girls, and people of all ages. That's that's not what they say. No, they say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. That's the one. Uh, the, <laughs> welcome to uh, the Grave Plot Podcast. This is episode 211? 212. 212. Um, I, of course, am Skeletoni. I'm a, I'm a Taylor Terror over here. <laughs> Butterfuck over here! Uh, we're back and on time. Hey, that's a, look at us go. It's a streak. Two in a row. Is it only two? I think so. Oh, okay. Well, two's a streak. Um, was that you was arguing me with me about two being a streak? Yeah, I think that was last episode. Maybe this is. I think this is three in a row. Okay. It was. I wasn't so much arguing as I was quoting Luke, Coach Lou Brown. Oh. Right. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. So uh, we're 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 doing. This we're, is terrible. We're doing the thing. This is this is not going well already. Uh, <laughs> sorry, we're we're recording this on Friday night. You know, usually we'd be recording this on like Saturday or Sunday afternoon when we're a little more fresh. But we both work today, right? Yep. Yep. Um. So just trying to muster up that energy, you know? Yeah. What what Mountain Dew are you drinking over there? Spark. What is that? Does it taste like? Is it made with real sparks? Yep. <laughs> tastes like fire. Tastes like electricity. <laughs> it tastes like burning. It tastes like... <laughs> uh, no, it's the raspberry lemonade. Mm, right. it's, it's, it's quite good. Mm. Mm, yes, indeed. <laughs> anyway, um, so how's it going, Taylor? Not so bad. Mm, what's new? What's new? Uh, not a lot. Cool. Yeah. Just hanging out. Yep. Pulling your pud. Yep, pretty much. Just playing a little pocket pool. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah. Not really, but, you know, just for, it's nice to say. Yeah, just just hanging out, you know. Cool. Just watching, watching hockey. Yep. How, how are the Kraken doing? They've won three in a row. Two to streak. <laughs> We win tomorrow, that's two in a row. We win again on Wednesday, that's called a winning streak. It has happened before. Two's a streak is from Letterkenny, specifically the hockey players. Mm. So They talk so fast. They do, they talk very <laughs> They say a lot of things I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, why do, do I sound quiet in your ears? No. You sound fine to me, but I sound quiet to me, so I'm very confused. Anyway, um, I don't know what to tell you. Okay, I'm just, I'm just gonna I'm gonna roll with it. Yep, uh, fix it in post. 
I, I think we, we sound, it looks like we sound okay. You did the thing, right? I did the thing. Last episode, you did not do the thing. I did not do the thing. And this In case time, you guys were wondering what just, happened last episode. Yeah. So basically, like, regardless of how many times I tell it to, to not do this, uh, our recording program, because like, I don't have our audio stuff hooked up every time I open it. Like, you know, I open it and I have our audio stuff hooked up and I change the input to our, uh, to our mixer and that's when it sounds good. But then I, you know, I go home and I edit it and I don't have our stuff hooked up when I'm editing it. So it defaults to like just the, the default mic, which the onboard is, mic. Yeah. yeah. But then when I come back and, you know, we're recording again and I hook everything up, it doesn't reset back to the, you know, the input I tell it to. The mixer, yeah. So that's what happens. If, if I forget to change it back to the mixer input, that's that's when we get shitty audio. So uh, I, I wish that was a, I felt like that was a good episode and yeah. it sounded like shit, which was real, real shame. <laughs> Hopefully this is a good episode that sounds not like shit. Yeah. I mean, we always sound like shit because... Because we talk about shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's us. Your bi-weekly dose of dick and fart jokes in your horror business. Yeah, and stuff that have absolutely nothing to do, like, st- topics that have nothing to do with what we should be talking about. Yeah. Just diatribes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, I guess not really much new with me either, at least not that I'm remembering, which... Is nothing new. I almost never remember anything. Yes, you're getting old. Yeah, I uh, feel like I don't sleep enough. Mm, that'll do it. <laughs> it will do it. And like, if it doesn't long enough, then you know it becomes a problem. But I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I just I feel like I don't sleep well, and I don't really know what causes it. Because I don't know. I mean, I assume when you sleep, you wake up feeling rested. At least most of the time, right? Most of the time. Yeah. I almost never feel like rested when I wake up. So it's probably because I never, almost never sleep like eight hours, which is just like, I think they say seven's the bare minimum. Uh, So I should try to sleep at least seven hours, but sometimes even that doesn't happen. Uh, And I'm I'm prone to waking up in the middle of the night, which is just not good. Yeah. (laughs) But... What are you going to do? <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to Emerald City Comic Con this weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that's fun. I I don't know. I was, we were talking before we started here. Like, the guest list, it's not thin. I mean, they have plenty of guests, just people I'm interested in. Again, there are people that I am interested in, just not enough to really excite me. And plus, you know, people... Namely, Freddie Prince Jr. and Rachel E. Cook. Naturally. You're going for the She's All That reunion. Yes. Um, Is Matthew Lillard going to be there, too? <laughs> you know what? I think he actually I, I feel, I feel there. like I vaguely remember I think seeing him on the, on the list. Yeah, I think Matthew Lillard and... Is Nev Campbell going to be there? She's not in. She saw that. No, she's not. Uh, but anyway, 
like you know, it was like D- D- uh, David Tennant, um, who I've been a, a fan of for several years, and um, I'd, I'd love to go meet him, but he charges something outrageous for an autograph, and most of the big name stars do. Like Mark Ruffalo is going to be there. Mm. Yeah, I bet he's pricey. Yeah, he's like, like he's two- the Hulk. He's the Hulk. I'm the Hulk. I'm the Hulk. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> um. You know, I was thinking it might be cool to like, even though he won't remember it, it'd be have a little memory to show my son because my my son has uh, Spider Man is his favorite. Uh, that's probably because that's kind of who I've exposed him to f- first. But emerging as a second favorite is the Hulk. Didn't expect it. It's not something I like enforced or encouraged. He just seems to have taken to the Hulk, which is great. I don't, I, whatever. Um, so I thought it might be cool to take him and get a picture with Mark Ruffalo when he is a few years older. I say, hey, look, we went to Comic-Con and we met the Hulk. But he charges something like $200 for a picture. Jesus. <laughs> it's like, sorry, a memory is not worth that much. That's when you just like take a picture from a distance on your phone. <laughs> Click. Bye. <laughs> Uh, they're actually like their whole setup at like the autograph tables. It's pretty tight, is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> but um, anyway, I I mean I mostly go there for the comic stuff anyway, not so much celebrities. But even the creator list, there's like a couple guys that I'd be co- interested in seeing. But aside from that, a lot of them are people I've never even heard of. Are you gonna try and get Kassir to do our redo our intro at Crypticon this year? Um, I hadn't planned on it. You should. Okay. He does custom messages and stuff, right? Yeah, but I don't know how much he charges. Uh, take it out of the show fund. Hmm? Take it out of the show fund. It's a write-off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'll try. Uh, I, I am actually, I think, I must have talked about this at least once. I'm going to actually be having a vendor table at Crypticon this year. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, and I will not be there this year, right? Sorry, go buy Tony swag, yeah. Buy my stuff, buy my stuff. You buy it, you buy it. Um, no, it's it's uh, it's exciting and and nerve wracking at the same time because, like, I mean, you're probably familiar with imposter syndrome, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, and just like every time I try to sell stuff, I definitely feel that. And like, uh, they asked me to do my, my Jason mask class again. Which, you know, I was uh, a little apprehensive to do just because I'm going to be having the table that I have to manage. But my wife is planning. My wife. My wife is coming with me. So I guess she can kind of tend to things while I'm gone. Or, I mean, I, I think I can just shut the table down. That's what Rob usually does. Yeah. Um. Anyway. She going to uh, be your hype man? Hmm? She going to be your hype man? Yeah. Just bring an air horn. Wah, wah, wah. We got the freshest art you've seen, ever seen. <laughs> Check this shit out. Uh, <laughs> imagine my wife doing that. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I mean, having the table on top of doing the class, it's just like, ooh, man, that sounds like a lot. But, you know. It's, it's an hour. Three hours. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's a long-ass <laughs> class. I mean, I... I picked how long it was but you know the last one was three hours and it's like it went it went fast 
Yeah. Like it went a lot faster than I thought it was going to. Because I remember last time thinking three hours seemed like a lot, but yeah, people were still kind of finishing up at the end of the three hours. <clears throat> um, anyway, so I'm going to be doing that. And it's, you know, it's it's fun. You know, it, and it's nice when people have an interest in it because, you know, it's a, I, I'd like to propagate the, um, you know, the, the seeds of Friday the 13th to the next generations. And there were, were a couple kids last time, so I'm, I'm looking forward to having a couple more kids or, you know, a handful of kids this year to, you know, start the next generation um, and uh, just, you know, give some fun to Friday the 13th fans. Um and also, it's a good source of income. So <laughs> <laughs> it's always nice. Yeah, because it got expensive for the, the ordering the masks. Because like the uh, the last guy that I ordered from, he he closed up shop. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. And his masks were pretty cheap. They're like really good quality, but they were also cheap. So it's like I'd buy like for myself. I'd buy like a few at a time, and you know, make them for my own purposes. Um, and it was expensive last time, but this time, this this guy charges more, which is which is fine. I mean, uh, he's he's a, a, a small businessman, so I'm not gonna gripe him for his charge. Um, but it's it was significantly more than we paid last time, and that's quite the hit. So, um, just gotta make sure you sell out the class. So uh, anyway, if if you are in the Seattle area or planning to attend Crypticon Seattle and like to take p- part in the uh, uh, a class where you get to paint uh, like a, an actual like high quality, you know, film quality film quality mask, uh, you know, hockey mask. Um, you can uh, check out the events page on Crypticon's website, uh, or even Crypticon's uh, Facebook page, um, or even my Facebook page. It's just Facebook.com/slash SkeletonyArt. Um, and uh, purchase your admission today. You do have to have a ticket to the convention, though, on the day. It's it's actually on Sunday, which was a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like it's, it's, Saturday's the money day. Yeah, that's that's what I'm a little concerned about is selling because it's I price it according, you know, assuming I'm going to be selling out. Yeah, uh, and if I don't at least make back the money for supplies, then I've lost money. And that's, that's an issue. And being on Sunday, having, you know, just the experience of, of knowing that there are fewer people there on Sunday and it's at the end of day, end of the day on Sunday. Mm. It's three to, sorry, was it two to five, I think on Sunday. It's like, Oh boy. <laughs> But anyway, if you're going to be there and would like to participate, um, check it, Do it out. Go to Tony's class, buy Tony's art, give Tony all your human monies. Thank you for your monies, all of it. I need all of your monies. I need to tighten this. Tighten it up. Toit, toit like a toy gun. <laughs> need a, you know, one of them wrenches. Mm, yes. One of the one of those wrenchy tools. What are they called? <laughs> Wrenches. <laughs> mm. Anyway, so um, anything anything you want to talk about? Um, just real quick, I, I want to talk about uh, Asylum <laughs> doing it again. <laughs> just jumping on a trend. They posted a tweet that said, here, 
hold my bear, I mean beer. And then a poster for Meth Gator. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know if it's real, but it's Asylum, so I wouldn't put anything past them. Right. And they probably are filming it this weekend. It'll be out by Tuesday. Yeah. And then next week, they're going to shoot Meth Gator 2. Or like, <laughs> like Crack Hawk or something. Like <laughs> This is just like when we were spitballing ideas for uh, like natural disasters paired with animals. Oh, Bernado? Bernado. <laughs> well, you know, it's like the thing about cocaine bears. It's, it's obviously a very hyped up dramatization, but it's based on a real event. Yeah. Like there was a bear who got into some cocaine, stolen cocaine. Yeah. And went fucking nuts. Yeah, as as you would, <laughs> yeah, yeah. as one would expect. As one bear, bear on cocaine would. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, meth gator. I mean, if it was in Florida, you know, meth gators, they're both there. I'm sure it's in Florida. <laughs> it's got to be in Florida. Um, and Elizabeth Banks has already talked about uh, doing cocaine shark next. So she said, if someone gives her a script, she'll she'll do it. I you know I honestly didn't even realize she had directed Cocaine Bear. Yep, good for her. Yeah, because I, I think- no, it is good for her because her last two movies bombed, and so this was kind of a make or break for her as a director. She did Charlie's Angels, and what else? Uh, Charlie's Angels was f- I didn't see it, but it, yeah, it fucking it did t- not do well. It, like if you can't make a better movie than the ones that McGee made, then you're fucking up. Casting Kristen Stewart was your first mistake. Oh, Pitch Perfect 2 was the other one. Didn't that one do well? Uh, I don't know, honestly. It probably did just because it's a sequel. Yeah, well, yes. People love sequels. But it seems like those Pitch Perfect movies are pretty popular. Well, they have Anna Kendrick, and she's just adorable. She's a a delight. She's a (laughs) a very sweetheart. Um. Yeah, I, like yeah, it's definitely got. If this happens, definitely got to be in Florida because where else would it be? Like, there's only there's only one state in the union that has meth Just and has, gators. It has surpluses of both meth and gators. <laughs> I mean, maybe like Louisiana, Kentucky, maybe I don't know. But I don't know how much meth is there. Well, I mean, you got like the Dixie Mafia. Mm. Of course, Kentucky is not a. Swamp? Well, no, they get swamps. Well, so does New Jersey. But... Sure. <laughs> New Jersey is a swamp. <laughs> New Jersey! Did you know the Nets almost changed their name to the Swamp Dragons? Nope. <laughs> they had logos and everything. That's why. I mean, whose idea was that? Uh, who are the ad wizards who came up with this one? <laughs> Um. Anyway, Meth Gator. Meth Gator. Does Asylum have a streaming? I think they do. Like their own service. Yeah. I couldn't say. Yeah. And there was something else I wanted to talk about, and like I wasn't sure if it was in horror business. Uh and I was gonna bring it up if it wasn't, and now I can't remember what it was. So, never mind. Yeah. 
<laughs> so we're not going to talk about that. Unless it suddenly comes to me like the middle of a story, then we'll probably talk about it. Yeah. That, that's what we do. Yeah, sure. All right. <laughs> well, before we get too far off the rails, because we haven't already, um, we do want to take some time to thank our sponsors. Maybe they don't have their own streaming. I thought they did. What a shame. I don't know. Yeah. I, where else can I watch such hits as Ape versus Monster <laughs> and Mega Boa? <laughs> um, but, you know, we do want to thank some uh, some very special people, our grave diggers over on Patreon. These are the lovely folks who uh, help support our channel, or not our channel. I don't know why it's a channel. You know, I had Twitch on the mind, I guess. Um, <clears throat> uh, they help support our show. Uh, we obviously don't make money off of this. <laughs> I mean, if you hadn't already guessed. Um, so it, uh, it is no ads over here. Yeah. Yeah. That is one. No one wants to give us money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We can't even take like the high road on this because it's not by choice. If somebody was going to give us money for advertising, you'd definitely take it. (laughs) Sinbad and the war of the furies starring John Morrison, former WWE champion. (laughs) Is that how he's billed in that? Uh, he's billed as WWE's John Morrison. Mm. (laughs) What was his name in WWE? It was uh, Johnny Nitro. Johnny Nitro, that's right. Part of uh, Eminem. Yep. Yep. Now, whatever company he works in, he's Johnny that. Like, when he works in Impact, he's Johnny Impact. He worked one match in in AEW, and he was Johnny Elite. Really? Yeah. That's fucking stupid. (laughs) Just go by fucking John Morrison. (laughs) Or Jim Morrison. You can, it's, a, it's a whole thing. You can do a gimmick. I mean, when he was, uh, he went by John Morrison and something. Oh, that was, he changed his name in WWE to John Morrison. And it was very, like, he was clearly doing a Jim Morrison gimmick. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, back to money. Yeah. So uh, we do have uh, some some very wonderful folks who help us kind of prop things up around here, because like I said, we don't make money, and but the show does cost money. Uh, we have to pay for our website, and you know, you see, like you're listening to this audio right now. You are listening to me talk. You are hearing me talk. Uh, yeah, we have to pay to like put that on the internet mm-hmm. without ads. Like the, the like if we want to put it on the internet without ads that we didn't get paid for. We have to have money. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, these folks help provide that. They are Carl Stradella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Uh, thank you so much, all of you, for your lovely contributions. Uh, Taylor would love to give you all pee kisses, but... Uh, you know, you're all so far away. <laughs> Wait, Some like a, of you are close. Like a potty kiss? Huh? I don't want to give these people potty kisses. No, no, no. Kisses on their peepees. Oh. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. You're telling me already. Like, I was there. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone. It it does mean a lot, and it does go a long way to uh, keeping the show alive um, or undead, huh? No, no, okay. 
Taylor, if anybody else wants to help us out, where can they go? They can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. Uh, for as little as $1, you can join us live every episode for Horror Business. $5, get your name in the show. Plus, you get discounts to the to uh, Grave Plot Podcast merchandise store, as well as, uh, I don't know, other things. First notification about like stuff, if we do stuff that's cool. Yeah, I mean, we, we can't usually... pretend that we have a lot of cool perks because we don't. <laughs> yeah, we really don't. Like We, we try, but uh, like we don't really have time to do bonus content or anything. Yeah, it's... If we were like full time podcasters, and some people are, and that's great. Yeah, more power to them. Uh, and they have time to do all that bonus shit, and you know they they rake in. Well, maybe not rake in, but some of them do. Uh, you know they get all that extra money for for the bonus content, and unfortunately we 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 don't have the time for it. We try to give you what we can, but you know it's really the best we can do. Yeah, but like sometimes we'll send you like Christmas cards and stuff. Like sure, yeah. Just because. Just because we appreciate Just because we love you. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Well, want to just uh, do the damn thing? Let's, let's, do, let's, let's do the show. On to horror business. So I've been saying for years that companies like Google and Amazon are like basically like trying to create Skynet. And you know, some people would probably hear that and think, oh, you're, you're being crazy. But am I? <laughs> am I being crazy? Because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's computers, sure, but you know, they're developing these AIs that are doing more and more every day it seems like well like have, like there's the the big thing now is these ai chats like chat gpt and then google's building their own and I'm not familiar oh you don't know about chat gpt no oh yeah it's it's just like an ai chat bot and then you can be like on the scrubs podcast uh zach braff will be like write an episode of scrubs where this happens and it'll write an entire episode of scrubs and they'll read it on the podcast oh okay uh, there was a guy, I want to say he was from the New York Times, I think, and he had like this super long conversation where the chat GPT like told him to leave his wife and like run away with the, the chat bot. And like it talked about how it had like dark thoughts and like it was fucking weird. That is weird. And apparently Microsoft, who owns ChatGPT, was just like, we're going to start, we're going to like turn up some of the filters and stuff <laughs> to make sure that doesn't happen again. <laughs> It's like, kill everyone you know. Yeah. Burn the house down. <laughs> Burn them all. Like, you know, I think I think you should steal all that money from work. Because, <laughs> um, like, the people who have, like, genuine conversations with a computer that, you know, about stuff like that, those are the people that are very unstable and should not be told even by a computer <laughs> to do things. Uh, well, you know... In the the ongoing thing of science, you know, living in in the way of, you know, not should we, but can, can we? we? Um, uh, let's see, futuristic biocomputers using the power of human brain cells could soon become a re- uh, reality. So here's here's my thing, right? So you've got like Musk 
and Bezos and Gates, who are all talking about like putting chips in our brains. Sure. And Most, mostly Musk. Yeah, Musk already like asked for human testing, and whoever was just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but they they want to put computers in our brains. Apparently, there were these scientists who were like, what if we put our brains in computers? Right. Uh, it'd be like fucking the lawnmower, man. Right? <laughs> or like, I mean, do you remember Johnny Mnemonic? Yeah. Yeah. With Keanu? Yeah. Basically, they turn the human brain into an external drive. Wasn't there a treehouse of horror where they took out like half a Homer's brain and put it in a robot? That sounds like something they do on The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> I don't recall it, though. Um, let's see. Researchers from John Hopkins Univer- Johns Hopkins University in uh, Baltimore say that half-human, half-machine devices have the potential to push past current technological limits by using brain organoids taken from tiny human skin samples. So they're, they're growing brains, you have brain cells in your skin? I don't. I mean, maybe maybe they're um, uh, like stem cells. No, because you have it's only stem cells are only certain parts of the body. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't understand. We're not science. science. <laughs> uh, I hear the jury's still out on science. Um, hey, I've done my own research. <laughs> Um, the team of scientists have been experimenting with brain tissue the size of a pen dot containing neurons and other functions with the ability to learn and memorize. Oh, that's what we need. Robots to learn. <laughs> well, I mean, as, as, you know, as powerful of computers and AI systems and all that, that we've developed as a, as a species without a doubt the human brain is still the most complex and efficient computer out there. Well, yeah, that's pretty much what they're saying is just like our technology has kind of plateaued. Yeah. And so really the only way to go further is apparently to just give the robots human brains. Right. That can't possibly backfire. Yeah. Now I'm trying to think of something where they downloaded. Oh, fuck. What was that movie called? Um, or not movie, uh, show. Made for you. Did you ever watch that? Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch it all the way through? Yeah. So, spoiler alert. It's it's a show with uh, Christina Miliotti. Miliotti um, on H- I don't know if it was HBO or, or an HBO Max show. Um, but basically, she, she gets kind of wrapped up with uh, with a Elon Musk type person. You know, gets basically tricked into. In, <laughs> Manipulated into marrying him and living him with him in this like weird uh, um, compound. Compound, thank you, was the word I'm trying to think of. Uh, in in the desert. Anyway, towards the end, basically they download her consciousness into a computer, and the consciousness that they downloaded becomes self-aware and starts kind of growing separate from her, and then at the end, it downloads like she manipulates somebody on the outside to take her body put it into this machine and download this computer consciousness into her brain this is kind of what is this is reminding me of kind of yeah and her dad was ray romano right (laughs) he was ray romano (laughs) he was like ma (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is fucking driving me nuts. Stop touching it. Well, it won't stay still. He's talking about his penis. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get a handle on it. Um, <laughs> Professor Hamas. 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 T silent. So a soft T. Um, Professor Thomas Hartung, who leads the work, says this is a this is biological hardware could soon assist with valuable research on on the on how the human brain works and provide a way of alleviating energy consumption demands in the supercomputer. So they're basically trying to figure out they use the human brain, which again, like I said, is the most complex and well built computer in existence. They're trying to figure out how to make a computer that is like the human brain. Yeah. Now, some of you may be thinking, this sounds an awful like the Terminator. And it is a lot like the or Terminator. Or iRobot. Or sure, yeah. Basically, any movie where uh, a an AI becomes self-aware and starts taking over the world or a spaceship. Humanity. Humanity. <laughs> enslaves it um, or destroys it. You know, how many of these movies do you have to make for scientists to be like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Maybe we should, you know, dial things back a but little But no, bit. they watch and go, I think we could probably pull that off. <laughs> it's like, what? It's not a challenge. I just, I don't understand the point. We're, all, we're all about can we, not should we. We're science. Yeah. Well, it's like... We made cancer, airborne and contagious. You're welcome. We're science. (laughs) I just don't understand what what purpose a supercomputer that works like a human brain, what purpose that serves, other than to take over the world. Yeah, I mean, they keep talking about, like, energy consumption. Like, it's going to reduce energy consumption. It's like, oh, okay. Is that worth it? I don't think so. <laughs> Here's an idea. Wait an extra 30 seconds for your porn. <laughs> well, uh, that's what I'm saying. What? If it means not being enslaved by robot overlords, I'll wait for my porn. Yeah, I mean, like... Think, like, the, the, the server farms that, like, Google has out in, uh, you know, in the desert. Um, I guess I'm not even actually in the desert, but, you know, these massive like like un like unfathomably huge buildings that just have servers mm-hmm. that are running day and night 365 days a year uh you know say you know like does fucking John Stamos wear a wig that gets processed by one of these servers wait does he i don't know probably <laughs> not i hope not that'll be crushing right <laughs> that guy's amazing here Always has. He's got that thick, Thick. lush Greek hair. (laughs) From all that yogurt. (laughs) They do eat a lot of yogurt, I'm told. He did commercials for some yogurt. Probably. Icos? I mean, maybe, yeah. Something like that. Oikos, I think. Oikos, yeah. I think that's Yoplate. That's their their, Greek 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 yogurt. (laughs) Spinoff? Yes. Their, Their sister company. Um, anyway, uh, the study team also hopes 
organoid intelligence. I don't like that term. Organoid? Organoid intelligence. This makes me worry that they're going to take humans, and it's going to be like some dystopian thing where it's like, well, we can't figure out how to make a human, or like make a computer like a human brain, so we're just going to use human brains yeah. as computers. Yeah. Which again brings me back to Johnny Mnemonic, where I mean it was just strictly just used as like storage. It was basically like a jump drive, um, but you know there, there's nothing saying. Actually, you know this. Is more, did you ever watch Chuck with Zachary Levi? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's like that. Where they downloaded a program where he knew like everything. He knew like military secrets, and later he knew like like every kind of martial arts, and like he knew how to do like parkour and he knew how to do like spy work and shit it was all downloaded into his brain this is kind of giving me that kind of vibe which sounds cool in theory (laughs) but when you're just being used as a slave and not like a super spy right kind of diminishes that a little bit anyway uh this opens up research on how human brain the human brain wait did i read this already no no this opens up research on how the human brain works professor thomas hartung thomas Hamas, Hamas to his friends, uh, who leads the work, explains, because you can start manipulating the, manipulating the system, doing things you cannot ethically do with human brains. Or can you? I mean, maybe not ethically, no. Yeah, like, he said the quiet part loud. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, ethically, <laughs> wink. Well, this is terrifying. Yeah. And I'm going to think about this for a while. Thank you. Um, you knew David Ferrier is? I I know the name. He's a Kiwi. He um he's a d- documentarian. He does a podcast called Flightless Bird. Okay. Um, he talked about how like he's like fully ready to just like have his brain be in the metaverse. He's like you know just get rid of this fucking flesh suit and just have me just exist as a consciousness. Mm. No. Yeah. <laughs> his co-host on that podcast is like, no. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Man, that's that's just such a weird fucking mentality to have like that that weird that wigs me out man yeah like it's matrix shit yeah like he's ready to unplug like i'm just thinking about all this fucking like dystopian like futuristic shit i've seen and read like you know movies in in you know fiction fictional novels and stuff like that but it's just like oh all this shit could like be real and that yeah i don't like it no <laughs> it's like um gives me the heebiest of jeebies <laughs> It's like uh, Altered Carbon. I don't know. Did you ever? Uh-uh. Okay. Well, it, it, it was a book series. Uh, I think it was like three, maybe four books. And they made two seasons of, uh, of a show on Netflix. Uh, was they, it a cartoon? No. Oh. I'm thinking of something else. Um, the f- so basically, they, using alien technology, they put your entire being, your consciousness, your memories, everything on this little disc. I mean, it's it's not a disc in the conventional sense, but we'll just use the word disc for simplicity. Um, and <clears throat> it can be downloaded, copied, just like any kind of memory file, but it you can load it into any body. Hmm. So basically... I mean, it, this kind of ties into our movie later. <laughs> Uh, a, a little bit. Um, yeah. So the, the main character, his name was um, uh, Takeshi Kovac. Um, he was a 
I, I'm just going to use the show because the show is slightly different and it's easier to explain. Basically, he's a, uh, a soldier and he, um, instead of transporting human bodies across a galaxy to a different planet, they just have bodies there and they send your consciousness, they, they satellite your consciousness to this other location or, or, you know, across the galaxy and download you into a new body. It's kind of Westworldy too. A little bit. It, it, it's it's all like super weird, and um, you know, and and by this ability, you have the potentially the ability to live forever. Sure. Yeah. Um, and there are actually a, a the the upper crust um, who have been the liberal elite. <laughs> like, they like George Soros. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but basically, they, they they make copies of their bodies and get redown. Like when their body, if they get sick or they get too old, they just get downloaded into a newer, healthier body. Yeah, and, and, and you know they could get into a new body, or they could just get in a copy of their old body, whatever they want to do because you know they're rich. Um. Anyway, it's just, uh, again, this is the kind of stuff that this is reminding me of. Yeah, and the fact. Like you watch that and it's just like, oh, you know, it's so fantastical and, and yeah. crazy. But the fact that that kind of shit could potentially really happen. That there's someone know. out there who, like I said, saw that and was just like, I think we could pull that off. Yeah. That fucking wigs me out. It's, yeah. It's weird. It's creepy. It's no good. I don't like it. I don't, you know, not, not one little bit. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, this, the scariest thing is obviously terminator because that's just that's worst case scenario worst case scenario uh so yeah okay well spent plenty of time talking about that so maybe we should move on yeah what an excellent day for an exorcism All right, so as we all know, a new, I guess, legacy sequel uh, to The Exorcist is coming out in October of this year. Uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher this. Okwui Akpakwasili? You know, I'll tell you, the company I work for, we have a lot of African employees, like immigrants that just, you know, they get jobs being caregivers um and yeah very similar names to this and after was it, almost 10 years i've been working there i still cannot pronounce them yeah uh i i, I apologize but um the, the sh- she's an actress uh from bronx gothic and she has joined the cast of the exorcist um apparently she also uh where is it uh, is a multidisciplinary artist who also recently signed on to star so- alongside Catherine Hahn and Aubrey Plaza in the WandaVision spinoff series, Agatha Coven of Chaos. Oh, I remember Aubrey Plaza's in that. Hmm? Uh, Aubrey Plaza's in that. <laughs> I'm not I'm not on the Aubrey Plaza bandwagon. I'm just I never have been. But I don't really have strong opinions over in any other direction. I my opinion is not strong. I just don't understand the hype. Like people yeah. are just in love with her, and I don't I don't get it at all. Yeah, I don't know. 
Uh, in the new version, Leslie Odom Jr. will play the father of a possessed child, desperate for help. He tracks down Ellen Burstyn's character, of course, Chris from uh, the original Exorcist. I forgot this is a legacy sequel. Yeah, I, I still don't know if it's retconning any of the sequels or all of the sequels. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean... I'm guessing it is, because it's David Gordon Green, who, of course, did the same thing with Halloween. Right. But, I mean, there are two... I mean, nobody will ever say that Exorcist 2 was the best one. No. (laughs) (laughs) But there are, I think, two schools of thought that say, you know, there's Exorcist, Exorcist, and then Exorcist 3, and both... Are, you know, could be considered the best Exorcist movie. Both have, you know, reasonable arguments. Sure. Uh, so, but to retcon a movie that some people believe is the best one of the series is asinine. Yeah. So, but I mean, the, the connection is tentative anyway, so you wouldn't really have to. Yeah, like, I don't that's think. true. Uh, no word yet on who... Um Okpukwasili uh, will play. Uh, we do know that Anne Dowd from Hereditary, Lydia Jewett from Night Books, not sure what that is, uh, Raphael Sabarge from Gaslit, Jennifer Nettles from The Righteous Gemstones, and Olivia Markham are also on board. Have you watched Rice, Je- Righteous Gemstones? No, I've heard it's good though. It's so good. It's so funny. It's got Schwartzman in it, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he's he's in a couple episodes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's got, um, well, what's his dick? Um, Green's partner, Danny, Bre- Danny Bride, oh. John Goodman. I was like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> um, uh, Adam Driver. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a great cast. Anyway. Anyway, uh, like I said, this is being directed by David Gordon Green. Uh, it is a sequel to The Exorcist. Okay, so I guess... I guess that still doesn't really explain if it's retconning anything, but it's no. a sequel to the first movie uh, for Universal with Blumhouse and Morgan Creek uh, paving the way for a trilogy. We can just pretty much assume that anything that's universal and horror would probably have Blumhouse. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it's a, This article I read said that production is back underway. I don't know why it was put on hold, if it was a COVID thing. Or what? But apparently, it is it is back underway uh, and is planned to be released theatrically October thirteenth, twenty twenty three. Yeah, I mean COVID. Yeah, I mean it stands the reason. Yeah, I'm, I mean I don't know what else it could be. Like, it, I mean it could be anything, but that seems the most logical. Right. Well, yeah, could be cool. I guess. And yeah, maybe. <laughs> I imagine we'll do this on the show just because that's what we do. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it is in October. Yeah, that's that kind of puts and we've maybe already, a little more difficult. Yeah, we've we've already done was it Week of the Devil? I don't know. Have we? We didn't do like Week of the Possession, have we? I don't think we did. I feel like we've done possession movies, like a possession movie episode. But I, I don't know. I don't know. We can talk about it later. <laughs> we have we have what uh, seven months to talk about it. Yeah. <clears throat> is that it? That's pretty much it, yeah. Uh, Peter Sadler and David Gordon Green are writing the script uh, from a story that Green wrote with Scott Teams and Danny McBride. Danny McBride is the only one of those names that I know. 
I looked up uh, Peter Sat- Sattler's IMDb, and he nothing I had recognized. Hmm. Well then, <clears throat> but uh, there you go. The Exorcist is coming back, coming at you. All right, so uh, another sequel or another series that is, you know, had hits and misses, and you know, a previous attempt to revive it. Well, not so much a revival, I guess. It's just it was a full on reboot. Just a re- well, I don't know. It was a reboot even? It's just a remake. Remake, yeah. I don't know if they ever really intended to make a sequel. I don't think so. Um, but Poltergeist, you know, obviously the. Uh, uh, the original film with Craig, Craig T. T. Nelson. Nelson. And, uh, you know, they did the remake with Sam Rockwell, um, which I don't get. I don't understand why they get so much hate. It's not like the first, the original was all that good. <laughs> it's not like it was a, like a really high, you know, high target to, to reach, you know. But it was Spielberg. Well, so? <laughs> AI was Spielberg. That movie sucked. <laughs> Um. Uh. Fuck. Uh. Anyway. So apparently, Amazon, uh, has recently acquired MGM, which of course owned the rights to uh the Poltergeist franchise. Um. So during this week's episode of the Hot Mike, Hot Mike, Hot Mike, Hot, co-hosted by John Roca, uh, reliable entertainment jur- journal- jur- yeah. journalist. Jeff's Snader. Snader. <laughs> Derpy Derp. <laughs> the Stapler. Um, shared what he has heard about Amazon's plans for a poltergeist, or sorry, for poltergeist, naming the franchise as one of the several MGM properties that Amazon is looking to prioritize. There you go. I bet they're probably going to make it a series. Yeah, they seem prone to doing that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get more traffic that way. It's true. Um, what if they call it the poltergeists? <laughs> you know, something talking about getting more traffic. Um, I was reading about why HBO Max is dumping so many movies that are owned by Warner Brothers. Um, and the real, th- the, the basically the reason is that. They take up space. They take up space on the the, the software, on the app, um, and they take take up space on the servers. And basically, you know, you have a movie. Just, um, let's say, I'm trying to think of a Warner Brothers movie. I'm totally, Batman. Well, no, not that one. <laughs> not that one. <laughs> Just take a movie. Everybody's got them. You could probably think of a, of a dozen different movies where it's just like every once in a while you'll be cruising through a, a service and say, oh, yeah, I'll watch that. There are hundreds or thousands of those movies out there f- for any given person, you know? And they just sit there taking up space. Nobody's watching them. 
It's not getting them any money, you know, and having one person stream it a month just is not just, it's not financially viable. Sure. So that's why they're, they're dumping so many movies and, and, you know, to less extent TV shows because people just aren't watching them and it makes no sense for them to keep them on their service when nobody's even watching them. And this allows them to free up that money that they're spending on these shows to put other stuff on or, you know, spend the money elsewhere. So I know a lot of people are getting mad. just like, why are they dumping these movies? You know, and like the people can't seem to rationalize why these things are disappearing, especially when Warner Brothers owns them. Uh, You know, the Warner Brothers films. It's just because nobody's watching them. And it's like, why would you... It's like keeping something in your house that you don't use. And it's just taking up space. Like, let's say you've got a big fucking couch that takes up your entire living room. But you don't ever sit on it. Instead, you go watch TV in your bedroom. The couch is serving no purpose, and it's taking up space. But you keep it anyway. That makes no sense. You get rid of the fucking couch. It's kind of like that. Okay. I, that, that's just that's kind of what I was reading. Uh, I forget who it was that was talking about it, but it was somebody involved with Warner Discovery. Um, I can't, I can't remember who. Anyway, so a little little in the weeds there, but anyway. Uh, Snyder notes that the poltergeist situation is complicated by the fact that Spielberg would likely need to be involved. Spielberg, of course, produced the original 1982 horror classic. Um, all this stuff is up in the air. Snyder, uh, make sure to note. Amazon is still figuring out what to what do we have here in MGM and what do we want to do with it and how we, do we want to do it. Why does Spielberg need to be involved? He probably owns rights. Was it an Amblin? It wasn't an Amblin movie, was it? He produced it, so it was probably an Amblin movie. So, so what? So MGM has nothing. I don't. <laughs> too many threads. It's yeah. Film rights are are difficult. Well, rights of any kind of are, are, are difficult, but especially you know as technology advances, because you know it's like back then you had it's like okay, you know this company has distribution rights. This ho- company has home media rights, but now it's like. This company has streaming rights. Yeah. You know, this this company has TV rights, but not film rights. You know, it's it's just a mess. Um, that's why like things like Chucky are so fucked up. Yeah. Um, because it's like I don't I don't know if he could actually even make a movie, but um, uh, Mancini, you know, he owns the name Chucky. Or he, he owns the name Chucky. MGM, Amazon owns the name Child's, Child's Play. Play. So it's like they made that Duty Kaka remake. It's terrible. So many people liked it though. And I didn't really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You never heard of one before? <laughs> All I fucking talk about. I figured it tanked since they haven't discussed the sequel. I figured if it did well, people would they'd already be talking about sequel. Well, I think it's probably because MGM took a shit. Well, no, they sold the rights. They sold the MGM sold the rights because they were they had a fucking garage sale. They were selling off rights left and right, and I, I don't remember who bought Child's Play. Maybe it was MGM. Maybe they. It doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, um, 
It seems weird that they'd prioritize something like Poltergeist instead of like James Bond. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> or like RoboCop. Seems like they can make more money with either of those than Poltergeist. One would think. But what do I know? So there you go. Uh, but, you know, to their credit, you know, you're talking about them possibly making this into a show. To their credit, Amazon has been killing it with shows. So the remake of Child's Play was released by Orion. Oh, that's right. Orion's back. I forgot about that. Orion went tits up for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Distributed by United Artist, Artist Releasing. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, Amazon, um, they made, uh, Jack, um, Jack Ryan, which has been great. I mean, if you're into like, like spy stuff and like Tom Clancy, Jack Ryan's great. Reacher was awesome. Um, I haven't watched it, but apparently the Lord of the Rings show is very good. Um, so their, their shows have been really, do not watch it cause it has black elves. <laughs> Yeah, you know me. <laughs> Stupidest fucking controversy. Um, no, it's because I don't fucking give a shit about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I think I told you, like, uh, so when we lived together, you moved out, and we still had like a month on our lease, and I wasn't really in a rush to move back in with my parents, so I just kind of stayed there. Um, but I also had lost my job, and so I was basically home all day, just kind of binge watching shit back before binge watching was really a thing. Um, and, uh, I finally decided to just sit down and watch all three of the original Lord of the Rings movies. I'm like, when I was done, I'm like, why do people like these? (laughs) This is the most drawn out, boring shit I've ever, well, not ever, but it's it's some drawn out, boring shit. Yeah. I'd rather watch Willow. Yeah. Yeah, I liked Lord of the Rings better when it was Willow. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so there you go. Boulder guy. Boulder guy. <laughs> So Marcus Dunstan, who wrote a bunch of duty movies and Feast. <laughs> what happened? So he wrote Feast, The Collector, Saw 4 through Saw 3D, and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yep. <laughs> uh, there's Yeah, there's only like uh, two movies on there that were good. The first one and the last one? Feast and Scary Stories? Feast and... Uh, the Collector? Co- yeah, Collector. Got the mask, right? Yeah. That was pretty good. That was all right. It was a Saw script that they just repurposed. Sure. But, you know. Uh, well, Dunstan is set to direct a horror movie called All My Friends Are Dead, starring uh, singer-slash-actor Jojo Siwa. Oh, bother. Uh, alongside Jade Pettyjohn, singer actor. You know, it's funny that they credit Disney stars as like as that because it's, it's like you have to be both to be on Disney. Yeah, uh, 
Disney. <laughs> Disney. Um, but it's like she was on some fucking stupid Disney show where she su- su- sang and danced, sung and sang and danced, sung sung and danced, what? sang and danced, sang, sung, sang sang and danced. Sang. <laughs> no matter how you say it, it sounds it wrong. Sounds wrong. Yeah. Um, and, and like I don't, I, I'm not well versed in her career. I just know she started out on Disney, uh, like so many other of her contemporaries have. And I don't know. I just think calling them actors is just ridiculous. So that's, that's my Ted talk. <laughs> she was also on the mass singer. Was she? Yeah. I don't remember who she was. I don't care. <laughs> uh, Jojo Siwa says, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be a part of the upcoming movie. This is a project that is so different from anything I've done previously. However, I absolutely, previously. However, I absolutely love horror movies, oh. and I can't wait to start production. Name seven. <laughs> I love the ring. <laughs> Did you guys ever see Truth or Dare? <laughs> uh, I'm also excited to work with Jade again. Again. Uh, we, were, uh, we worked together when we were younger and can't wait to create this movie together. So you got two Disney people. It sounds like it, yeah. It said Jade Penny Johns from Destroyer. I'm not sure what that is. Destroyer. <laughs> Troll hunter. <laughs> uh, the film follows a group of close college friends who get a steal on a killer Airbnb for the biggest music festival of the year. Oh, this gal. I forget what I've seen her in, but uh, I have seen her. I have not. What the hell was she in? A weekend of partying quickly takes a turn for the worse as the group is murdered one by one. Murder, murder, murder. Murder. They soon discover that each one of their deaths directly corresponds to one of the seven deadly sins. Haven't we done this before? Oh, yeah, seven. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck was she in? That weird sexual predator was killing people. Oh, she was in three episodes of The Righteous Gemstones. Call back. <laughs> Remember? Remember when we talked about that? What the fuck have I seen her in? Oh, well, maybe the little fires everywhere. I don't know. Focus. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yep. There you go. Seven. This is a remake of seven. <laughs> Yeah, it, it basically, yeah, basically is. Uh, it uh, it's unfortunate that somebody, with you know, regardless if it's a spotty record, but somebody as as experienced as Marcus Dunson would think that he could just get away with that. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's like, yeah, I'll just remake a uh, David Fincher film, and nobody will notice. Well, I mean, Chris Sarandon's been getting away with it for the past couple of years, so not Chris Sarandon. Susan, <laughs> Chris, the fucking happy death day guy. Oh, that fucking hack. <laughs> hack. I said it. Uh, Christopher Landon. Yeah, he's been getting away with just being like, what if I remade this movie, but as a horror movie? Right. And people are like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, All My Friends Are Dead is the first in a 10 picture, $15 million slate slate deal. Between Cinedime and Roundtable Entertainment. That's not a lot of money for movies. 
Uh, well, I mean, this goes back to our whole, um, you know, micro, mini, low budget film discussion. Yeah. Um. Well, fifteen million dollars slate deal. What does that mean? Fifteen million dollars per film, I assume. Oh, is it per film? Well, that, I mean, slate deal, I assume that's an industry term that I'm not terribly familiar with. Um, yeah, I mean, if it's per movie, that's much more than I was thinking. I thought it was... Slate financing is when a film studio solicits investors to co-finance multiple films, a slate film instead of one film. Oh, okay. So, yeah, $15 million for several films. For So, for 10 pictures. So, $1.5 million per movie. That does seem low. I'm saying... Well, you know, there you go. <laughs> uh, 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 Roundtable Entertainment's uh, John John Baldecki John John said the script has an entertaining mix of humor and horror that appeals to the diehard horror fans, comedy lovers, and scaredy cats alike. Oh, you fucked up there, bud. <laughs> the film that oh my god, here we go. The film that is reminiscent of hits like Happy Death Day and is full of fun, is also equally scary, with clever plot twists that will keep you guessing until the very end. I'll bet you they're not clever plot twists. I'll bet you they're dumb. I'll bet you they're <laughs> stupid plot twists. <laughs> oh, God, these movies make me so angry. Because it makes me feel like a gatekeeper, and I don't want f- to be that guy. Yeah. But you keep making shitty movies. <laughs> and I feel like... When you make shitty movies, and those are the ones that people go to see because they're, you know, they have these, you know, marketing campaigns behind them. That's the thing, though, is they keep trying to make horror movies for people who don't like horror movies. Right. It's just like, uh, you know, like Beyond Meat or like Impossible Burgers. Like you're making burgers for people who don't eat meat. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't make sense. It's like, hey, this tastes just like meat. It's like, you know what else tastes just like meat? Fucking meat. Yeah. I mean, no, without getting into that whole thing, that, that fucking can of worms, it's like, I understand that people, some people don't eat meat for health reasons. I mean, like. Sure. Like, they cannot eat meat. Yeah. Like, I get it. Uh, there are people who eat, don't eat meat by choice, but they're like, oh, man, I just need a burger so bad. So I'll get an Impossible Burger or Beyond Burger. It's like, just eat a fucking burger. <laughs> One burger is not going to kill you. Right. Like, you eat, like, the people who don't eat meat on ethical grounds, those are the people I can't fucking stand because they are the ones that just go on. <laughs> uh, um, so what you're saying is this movie is the Beyond Burger of horror. Yes. <laughs> And that's that's that is the roundabout way of me saying that. Um, but no, yeah, it's trying to make uh, an entertaining mix of humor and horror that appeals to the diehard horror fans, comedy lovers. Probably not. No, yeah, hardcore horror fans or diehard horror fans are not the ones who are gonna see this. It's the casual horror fan that's gonna yeah. see it. Don't fucking piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. Right. Because I tell you, that's the same kind of shit they use for like Happy Death Day and Truth or Dare, Freaky or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's like there is 
I, I actually watched Happy Death Day the, for the first one, and it was so... Yeah, we did it on the show. Did we? Yeah. It was a Patreon pick. That's right. You're right. Okay. Uh, well, okay. Was that a video review? That... Nope. It was on the show. Was it? Okay. Well, yeah. Movie was so fucking bad. Like, it just... It was such a blatant ripoff of Groundhog's Day. Like, oh. it wasn't even trying to hide it. No. Uh, and the fact that they made a sequel, and people actually went to see it. <sighs> oh, I'm getting, I'm getting fucking hot. Getting hot. <laughs> Fired up. Anyway. Uh, so this is a pass, then. This is a pass for you. I, I should say for so. For that reason, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> me i lost track yes yeah, <laughs> um <clears throat> so we're uh, waiting on the uh, second half of the final season of stranger things hotly anticipated uh you're gonna say hotlanta <laughs> stranger things five hotlanta <laughs> well they do film in hotlanta i'm pretty sure that's true but it takes place in indiana <laughs> right everything's filmed in fucking atlanta these days uh you know, I was really hoping that, like... It's like Atlanta or Bosnia. <laughs> or Bulgaria. Bulgaria, that's what it is. Um, yeah. I was really hoping, like, around the election when, like, Georgia was trying to be... Like, especially with the whole uh, fucking abortion thing, um, that, like, Disney, Disney, and all these other production companies that f- film in Atlanta... AMC. AMC. Uh, what's... You know, start threatening to leave, mm-hmm. and I felt like Disney was like kind of like tap dancing around it. That's because Chapek was still in charge, and then they just totally balked on the whole thing. It's because Chapek was a fucking dick. <laughs> um, Did you see the thing where I mean, according to Ron DeSantis, anyways, um, Bob Chapek like contacted him and was just like, "I don't want to kowtow to these people, but I feel like I have to." About the whole like, don't don't say gay, Bill. When Disney was fighting back against it, JPEG basically said, "Like I, I don't want to fight this, but I'm getting my PR department is telling me I have to." I don't know how much to believe that. I believe it just because of the way that JPEG handled it, like so poorly. Yeah, <laughs> but also, yeah, like I, he handled pretty much everything poorly. Yeah, that's that's why Iger was like, "All right, I'm back." <laughs> Take a fucking seat. Um. Anyway, Hotlanta. Hotlanta. <laughs> Stranger Things, Hotlanta. Um. So, as we wait, well, not as, but this is probably going to come back, come out after. But you know, we're we're wait, waiting for the second half of the uh, season five mm-hmm. uh, to come out. Um. And yeah, I think they're gonna. I hope they kill it because this, is, this first half. It was awesome. Um, I have to kill everybody. Just everyone. Yeah. Just everybody dies. Yeah. It'd be epic. <laughs> Fucking A. I keep hoping that Eddie like comes back somehow. Like that's I think that's how always Sunny has to end. The gang has to die. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's okay, cause I th- I think in its history it's been compared to Seinfeld so often 
and just in the like the, the the writing, the characters. It's like basically like a drunken degenerate version of Seinfeld. Sure. Seinfeld ended up with them in jail. Yeah. So you got to up the ante. You got to up the ante. Yeah. The only thing left is they're dead. It was like like Breaking Bad. Like everyone knew Walt was going to die. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> if you've not seen the end of Breaking Bad, fucking. You're your not going to watch it by now if yeah. you haven't. But like, yeah, I just feel like the gang has to die. Like, I don't, I don't know how else you end that show. I, I don't know. Unless you like go like completely the opposite way, like they win the lottery or something. And it's just like, <laughs> why did these shitty people win the lottery? Yeah. And they just like say fuck off to everyone and, you know, go live in a mansion somewhere. Anyway. Or like they burn down the bar for insurance money or something. Right. <laughs> Fake their deaths and then. Uh, retired to like the Cayman Islands. Yeah, actually, is the Cayman Islands even somewhere you somewhere you want to live? I don't know. I don't know. Is, That's is, where you hide money. Can you can you live there? Or is it just banks? <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just, just an island of banks. <laughs> um. So while we wait for uh, Stranger Things season five, uh, we're talking about Stranger Things: The First Shadow. Which What's is that? Well, Taylor, I'll tell you. <laughs> Uh, it's said to be a new story live on stage. Ooh. The old razzle dazzle. <laughs> Jazz hands. Stage rings. <laughs> uh, it's set in Hawkins in 1959. Oh. That's right. First Shadow takes place before the world turned upside down. Uh, upside down. Yeah. You, you remember. You've seen it. Um. Oh, Tom Sizemore died. Oh, man. Man, this fucking year. Uh, I, I saw that he was sick, um, and they weren't expecting him to wake up. So um, he, he had an aneurysm. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, a bummer. I know he, he had some problems. Anyway, well, um, back to the story. In his honor... I think uh, you should you should treat me like a coconut. <laughs> Split me like a coconut. <laughs> treat me like a mailbox. Just open it up and stick it inside. <laughs> David. Such a good episode. <laughs> the, the first, while we wait for season five. Said it like four times. <laughs> Fucking me up. <laughs> the first shadow takes place before the world turned upside down, featuring an all original. Or sorry, featuring an original. Yeah, original story from Stranger Things creators, the Duffer Bros. <laughs> Bro, what are their names? Russell and Pete. <laughs> I know that's not right. Pete, Petey, Pete, Ch- Chad. Matt and Ross, not even fucking close. <laughs> Honestly, I never would have guessed that. Maybe Matt. Maybe. I never would have guessed Ross. Chad and Skeet. <laughs> T-Bone. <laughs> Blaze. <laughs> Alongside Jack Thorne and Kate Treefry. Treffry? Treffry. Uh, Stranger Things, The First Shadow, will be directed by Stephen Daldry. Stephen Daldry. 
And the live stage show is Very headed to the stuffy f- name. <laughs> headed to the Phoenix Theater in London. In it? You sound like you're from London. Which part of London? <laughs> England, London, <laughs> UK, London, Berlin, London, <laughs> Berlin. <laughs> Scotland, London. <laughs> um, you know where Scotland Yard is in Scotland, London? <laughs> yeah, it's a big yard. With cops. Yeah, with, with fuzzy hats. <laughs> they can't move or talk. Uh, uh, Hawkins, 1959. A regular town with regular worries. Young Jim Hopper's car won't start. All right. The, the fact that this takes place in Indiana, but it's going to be in London. I'm just picturing a lot of terrible American accents. <laughs> Hello there, mate. <laughs> Did you catch the baseball game last night? <laughs> My favorite squadron is the New York <laughs> is the Nymets. <laughs> Young Jim Hopper's won't car won't start. Bob Newby's sister won't Bob! Fucking Bob's back. Oh fucking Bob, yeah. Hell yeah. Bob Newby's sister won't t- take his radio show seriously, and Joyce Maldonado. Oh, it's going to be Joyce. Joyce. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the Joyce. Uh, Joyce Maldonado just wants to graduate and get the hell out of town. When new student Henry Creel li- arrives, his family. These. That doesn't make any sense. Wasn't Henry Creel? Wasn't that um, Robert England's character? Yeah, wasn't he? Because. Yeah. Uh, no, Victor. That was his dad. Victor. Oh, you're right. Or that was uh, England. It was Victor Creel. Henry Creel was. Was he one? He's one, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know. Um, well, I won't. people know. People know, right? People know. Again, if you haven't watched it by now, you're probably not going. Yeah, he's, he's Vecna. Is anybody out there just like, you know, maybe I should catch up on that Stranger Things show. Yeah. <laughs> I was just waiting for it to get good so I could, you know, binge watch it. I want I want it to I want the whole series to be out so I can just binge the whole thing. <laughs> I can't fucking stand people <laughs> like that. People have gotten just so used to binge watching things that they can't bother, they can't stand to to deal with episodic oh, watching. Um anyway. Uh, uh sorry. Uh when new a new student Henry Creel arrives, his family finds that a fresh start, uh, you know, start isn't so easy, <laughs> um, and the shadows of a past have a very long reach. Brought to life by the multi-award-winning creative team who take theatrical storytelling and stagecraft to a whole new dimension, this gripping new adventure will take you right back to the beginning of the Stranger Things story, and may hold the key to the end. Well, fucking, I hope not. Yeah, I don't want to have to see a stage play to understand the end yeah. of the show. In fucking London, of all places. In 1959. <laughs> what? <laughs> it takes place in 1959, so how can it hold a key to the end, which is in the 80s? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... I, didn't, I didn't think you had to time travel to watch <laughs> it. It's like, you know this didn't already take place, right? In 1959. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like... That's a that's a fucking dick move. Is you, like you put like an essential piece of the plot <laughs> in a stage show that only people in another country can can watch. Yeah. <clears throat> but if you are in London, 
in the greater London area, probably. Uh, it's uh, go to uh, uk.strangerthingsonstage.com and get your tickets sometime. <laughs> maybe now, maybe not. We have not investigated. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea when this is actually going to happen. Yeah, there's no date in this at all. No. <laughs> All right, so we're going to end on a little uh, good news, bad news story. Oh, no, I hate those. Good news. Finally, finally, a Dead by Daylight movie is in the works. Hey! Bad news. It's coming from Blumhouse and James Wan's Atomic Monster. No! Blumhouse and Atomic Monster are joining forces with Behavior Interactive on the Dead by Daylight movie, set to be a scary cinematic adaptation. Why is it when I hear a movie described as scary, I know it's not going to be? Well, I mean, usually if it's coming from fucking Blumhouse, then yeah, you, you fucking know better. We're like Bumhouse. <laughs> we're like, we're like dumb house. We're like butt house. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> On SNL, they were doing a, a Trump bit and he was talking about Pete Buttigieg and he's, he's like, I call him Pete Butt. It's just the best one. <laughs> He's like, I've tried them all. It's just the best one. <laughs> <clears throat> Which sounded like he was insinuating, like, it's not a gay thing. It's just his last name starts with butt. Like, <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> I ask um, who we got playing Trump now, but I don't, I don't think I know anybody on that show anymore. And it's Alex Moffat. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the voice down. He doesn't look anything like him, but he's got the voice down. Sometimes that's all that matters for SNL. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Who is this talking? Uh, Stephen Mulrooney, executive vice pres- president at Behavior Interactive, says, We couldn't be more thrilled to work with Jason Blum and James Wan, two giants of the horror film industry, to further expand the Dead by Daylight universe. At Behavior, our motto is to create unique moments together forever. No, that's, uh, that's there is nothing unique about any Blumhouse or James Wan movie, <laughs> except Saw. Saw was twenty fucking years ago. Yes, it was. <laughs> what have you done for me lately, aside from make shitty, shitty movies? Uh, Atomic Monster and Blumhouse are the ideal partners to craft Dead by Daylight's killer entrance onto the big screen. Well, they made Megan. Who fucking cares? You know who else made Megan? Don Mancini. Yep. And he called it Child's Play. And it was way better, probably. <laughs> I haven't seen Megan. Like, I have uh, zero desire to see Megan. No, I have none whatsoever. Like, so many people say it's good, and I'm like, it's probably not. <laughs> and it's like, like hey, you got to watch the unrated version. It's on Peacock now, or something. Peacock, I think. It's like, mm, probably not going to do that. I'm not, yeah. Like I told I texted you the other day, and I saw a trailer. It was like, hi, I'm Megan. Want to hang out? And I was like, be more obvious you're ripping off Chucky. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I, like that could have been deliberate, maybe. Maybe. But uh, no. <laughs> Just no. 
Uh, James Wan says, In Dead by Daylight, the behavior team has created a love letter to the world of horror, building an incredible environment teeming with atmosphere and terrifying villains, perfect for a scary cinematic adaptation. Is it just me or does it seem like both James Wan and Jason Blum, maybe not Jason Blum directly so much, but his, his company, they're like, oh, we're trying to you know write a love letter to horror fans. It's like, if you have to tell us that, Every time you make a movie, <laughs> that means you're doing something wrong yeah. because you you feel the need you have to convince us every time, right? Uh, we are big fans of the game at Atomic Monster and are thrilled to be teaming with Blumhouse to bring this frighteningly visceral world to the big screen. As for Jason Blum, he says we know there are so many fans of Dead by Daylight out there, and think it's imperative we find someone who appreciates and loves the world as much as we do to help us bring the game to the big screen. Okay, so he's saying the right things there. That's the thing with Blumhouse is like every once in a while they'll stumble upon a good movie and it's usually because they find a writer-director who has a vision and they just get out of the way. Yeah. Jordan Peele, for example. Sure, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's like I'm not saying that Blumhouse can't put out a good movie because they have. They've put out several good movies. Yeah. It's when they can't get out of their own fucking way. Or, you know, when they, when they, I mean, this is semi-recent, but when like fucking James Wan gets involved, whether he's, whether he's directing or not, you know, if he starts to put his fucking brand on it, then it just taints the whole fucking thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, He continued, we know, we know our partners at Behavior and Atomic Monster will help us bring the best version of this game to life. And it's not even like I have like a... You know, a, a strong connection to Dead by Daylight. I barely played it, honestly, because I'm fucking terrible at it. Yeah, it's hard as <laughs> shit. It's so hard. But it's a a, a, a cool franchise, if you call it that. Uh, con- conceptually, I would be very interested to see how they, or how this would be made into a film. I just don't want them to do it. Yeah. Because they ruin so many things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the saving grace maybe would be the fact that a game like Dead by Daylight, I honestly can't see them not making it a rated art film. Yeah, that's true. It's very violent. Um, and you know that that's what's bugged us basically since the beginning, from you know the very start from, from the very start of the very beginning, uh, uh, about Blumhouse is they just try to ram PG thirteen horror. You know, just clog the the theaters with it. Yeah, um, the, the the genre really. I'm hoping they're at a point where they don't need to put out a bunch of drivel to pay for a, a good movie. I wouldn't think so. I mean, this Universal deal. Yeah, exactly. They they should have the money to like be more picky about what they put out. Yeah. God damn it! I just. Mm. I don't know. We'll see who they get to write and direct it. Hopefully it's someone with a, a good vision who, and uh, hopefully James Wan stays out of the way and does, isn't, doesn't make it a James Wan movie because all his movies are exactly the same. Yeah. They're very dark and blue. Very, very moody. Yeah. There's just like really cheap jump scares and like bad CGI. Yeah. And no real story whatsoever. Right. Because it's all jump scares. Like, you don't need a story when you have jump scares because people forget what's going on. Yeah, because you can put the jump scares in the trailer and then people go, oh my God, that movie looks so scary. Yeah. I'm so startled. I'm so startled. 
So I guess keep an eye out for Dead by Daylight or whatever. Yeah, it's like, it's like I said, you know, when we go on these fucking tirades about Blumhouse or James Wan or, or whoever, you know, I fully acknowledge that we can we sound like gatekeepers. And really, that's not what we're going for. Right. We just expect better. You know, as, you know, lifelong horror fans, we expect better of the genre, you know, to to, to have some fucking passion and heart put into it instead of, you know, these just like, it's hard to say that like, oh, you know, just cashing in, cashing in, you know, cranking movies out and make money because that's, you know, what the whole fucking 80s were about. But um, I don't know. There's a... There, there was a, a passion about 80s, like slashers, and you know, not just slashers, but the whole entire horror genre in the 80s um, and 70s even. Um, and, you know, in nine, the 90s is when it started to get a little more commercial. Yeah. You, know, you started to get the teen slashers and stuff. Um, I mean, like, like horror in the 80s had that very kind of like punk rock attitude of yeah. just like... It's underground, and that's why we like it. It's not mainstream. It's counterculture. Yeah. And then when you have someone trying to be like, what if we take that and we like make it more palatable to the masses? And you're like, no, yeah. it's ours. Exactly. Yeah. It's like fucking, uh, you know, 80s horror, 70s horror. That was like, let's say, uh, you know, trying to think of like a, a, a punk an early punk band that didn't get really popular but i mean you could say like something like the ramones or or sex pistols, sex pistols or like black flag or something uh you know you know the big these big huge bands in the underground you know the, over the years have become very popular um and then you know comparing it to blink 182 right green day you know, that's that's like the, the difference between those like 70s and 80s horror. And, you know, even you could probably even take it back to the 60s when things were, you know, well, maybe polished isn't the right word, but uh, I don't know. I think the 70s and the 80s were just like the, 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 the prime era for horror. Because like you said, it was this underground counterculture type uh, genre that, a lot of major studios had wanted nothing to do with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, Universal, you know, they had their, their monster, the Universal monsters, but, you know, throughout like most of the 70s and all the way up through the, the, the aughts, really, they, they kind of washed their hands of, of, of a lot of horror. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it was reliant on these smaller production houses and smaller, um, uh, labels to to put out horror. I'm really getting just completely off off track here, but um, I don't know. It's it's missing heart, and that that's that's really what it is. It's missing heart, and that that's why. Like I think when we watch something now, like for the show, or even you know for you know in our in our off time. 
that was done by some no-name director for some, you know, micro-budget on some, you know, never-heard-of production house that we tend to enjoy it a little more because it still has that heart, that kind of um, raw feeling to it. Yeah. Rather than these just over-produced, polished shit that companies like Blumhouse have become known for putting out. Right. It's like going to like an independent coffee house, you know, where it's like, you know, maybe the bathroom doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you you probably get a pretty good cup of coffee. Yeah. Because the people that that's, they're not there for the money. They're there because they like to make coffee. Or you go to Starbucks where, you know, you get the same cup of coffee everywhere you go. Most of them look identical. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's really the difference between like independent horror and this kind of stuff. And that's, that's what makes me so upset is because I feel like the more of this stuff that comes out, the more exposure and the more, the more market share it takes. And it leaves so little left for the little guy to get any kind of exposure whatsoever. And that just starts to die. So that's, I felt the need to explain that because we do go off on, you know, we, make our like the the source of our ire James Wan and Jason Blum and it's not even so much them as people it's kind of what they stand for and maybe that's not what they what they set out to do it's just kind of how things have turned out <laughs> it's i mean it all comes down to capitalism well sure <clears throat> yeah it's all about money yeah but yeah, like I said, I felt the need to kind of get that out because I, I do feel like when we just go on and on and on about how much we fucking hate James Wong, we fucking hate J uh, Jason Blum and Blumhouse and all the garbage they put out, it's that's why. It's not because we feel like we're gatekeeping horror, you know, that oh, horror needs to be how I f think it you know, should be. It's because horror has kind of. We're also not telling anybody not to, like, we're not telling anybody what to watch. Not, I mean, not directly, no. <laughs> I'm saying you maybe shouldn't watch this because it's probably... I mean, if you listen to this show, then you probably have at least some something in common with us sure. as far as your, your taste in movies. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe we might say, you know, if you, you're looking for this, don't watch that. But, um, I mean, we're not... I don't know. It's I don't know what exactly constitutes gatekeeping, but we're, we're not telling anybody, like, you're not a real horror fan. No, 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 not at all. I would. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, there's that. That's what it boils down to. I don't. I don't give a fuck enough to gatekeep. Yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I. I would like people who have a, uh, an interest in horror to seek out better quality films. Yeah, but like you said, I'm not. I'm not your your dad. I don't honestly don't care. Um, what I do care about is if stuff like this becomes the norm, the stuff that I like falls to the wayside. Yeah, and you know, 
Yeah. Just start talking in circles if I haven't already. So anyway, anyway, that's it for horror business. That is it. Uh, how long was that? It was an hour and a half. Eh, not as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and just mosey right along into our film reviews. All right, so got two movies to talk about. Big surprise. Choking <coughs> on my dinner. Don't die. Hold <laughs> on. Uh, yeah, two movies that have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> Not even a little. Not even close. This was uh, the one I picked was just just like uh, yeah, let's let's do that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about, um, it's called Sorry About the Demon, uh, and also Brandon Cronenberg's new film, uh, Idiot, uh, Infinity Pool. Did you say idiot? I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> idiot pool. <laughs> um, Just a pool full of idiots. I can't swim. <laughs> well, why'd you get in, Idiot. <laughs> It's a really a weird take for Brandon Cronenberg. I um, did not know he was a slapstick director. <laughs> uh, okay, so starting with mine, I assume. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Oh, sorry. This is uh, this is sorry about the demon. You haven't tried to call oh, Amy, have you? Well, once. Oh, I left her a voicemail, and I might have been crying. Things were going so well with Amy. Well, this is Nick. Hey. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm good. You two decided to make it weird. You know, am I being weird? No, 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 I don't, no, no. Yeah, it's, I don't it's think fine. So. I'm not happy. You have to be prepared that you might not get her back. and it's haunted, super haunted. Oh, I'm definitely sensing something. What do you want from us? Human sacrifice. Yeah, that, I think that could be. All right, yeah, we'll just do that, I guess. No, Amy will be taken. I cast you out. This is really dangerous territory. That demon is looking for a sacrifice to take to hell. We don't have a lot of time. Amy needs our help. No, no, no! It is over. I, I printed these. The internet has a lot of great tips about how to exercise demons. Okay, so uh, sorry about the demon is a, uh, a new a new film. Um, Shutter exclusive, yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah, um, Shutter five ninety nine a month from AMC. <laughs> yeah, guys, seriously, I mean, honestly, if you are a horror fan, let me tell you, 
Shutter has one of the largest collections of horror films you probably haven't seen. So it's it's five ninety nine a month or it's six ninety nine now. No, it's five ninety nine now. It is. Yeah, it's because it, it was four ninety nine. Okay, five ninety nine a month. That's all, guys. That's like a fucking cup of coffee. And this is not a paid endorsement. No, never. We uh, keep asking them to give us money, and they won't do it. They have not paid us a single dime. They could give us free shutter, and we'd be cool with it. Yeah, yeah, that that'd be great. Like that that would be enough for me. <laughs> that would be enough. Um, this was directed by Emily Hagens, uh, who I don't know if you remember several years ago, there was a film put out by a little gal. Uh, it was called Pathogen. It was made on a, like a nothing budget. Um, she was something like, I don't know, like 13 oh, years old. Oh, when yeah, she made yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I never saw it, but I know yeah. of it. Yeah. Well, I, like, I don't think I... When it came out, I don't know how easy it was to even watch it. We didn't have the streaming options we do now. Right. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think uh, I think the first I heard about it was on, uh, you remember the Midnight? Well, you, you remember the Midnight Podcast. Fuck yeah, I remember the Midnight Podcast. <laughs> Shout out Midnight Corey. What up? Um, yeah, guys, like if you haven't already heard, like before we started the show, there was one podcast that Taylor and I listened to uh, regularly. It's called the Midnight Podcast, and honestly, our format now was very heavily inspired by the, the Midnight Podcast. Except yeah. the only real difference was is that the, his, it's hosted by Corey Midnight Corey, um, and who's Midnight something like somebody else hosted it before he did. He took it over. Oh, is that right? I didn't even know that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was obviously before either of us started listening to it was when that happened. But anyway, um, his show was, he he did news, but it was strictly just horror, like film news. Zombies exclusively, I think. At least the movies were all zombie exclusive. The whole podcast was zombie centric. right. Yeah, I, I guess I forgot about that element of it. Yeah, it was all zombie related. And yeah, in every episode he did, uh, a one film review of, of a zombie movie. So obviously, you can see how that inspired the Grave Plot podcast. Um, anyway, so back to what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, so years ago, Emily Hagen she directed uh, a movie called Pathogen um, <coughs> with like her family and friends and stuff. It was a very very low budget film. And Harry it, Knowles apparently. Hmm? Apparently, Harry Knowles was in it. Oh, really? Yeah. At least his voice. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, it has been... um, It it, it was very highly praised for being so so well well done on such a small budget and being done by a a child. Yeah, she was what, like 14? Something like that? 14, 15? Yeah, yeah, somewhere between like 12 (laughs) and 14, I'd guess. Um, Anyway... This so she, yeah, she she's all grown up now. She um she wrote and directed this, um, and uh, here we go. So this movie is about Will, or so I guess we open up on what was it, the, the cellar the cellar family who's they're fast asleep <laughs> in their respective rooms, um in the, in the home of their dreams, um, 
and suddenly little uh, Grace, little Grace, little Gracie. Um, what happened? Is a was the rocking horse started kind of rocking on its own? I think it was like a banging or something. All right. Anyway, all right, so I don't, I don't want to get too in the weeds with this because this is not. Yeah, we don't need the finite details. Yeah. So basically, there there's a demon in the house that possesses Grace. Diominus. Diominus. Um, the sellers. Which find, if you don't realize is basically demon with an us on the end. Yeah. And an extra O, I guess. So they, they get into Grace's room, and instead of being like like really panicked, they're like, or basically the demon's saying, you need to you know get out, get out of this house. You know, Diominus demands that you leave this house. And <laughs> instead of like, you know, panicking and fleeing, the sellers are like, but this is like our dream house. <laughs> like and- bargain with it. We, so we put a lot of money in this house. See, you know, I'm a real estate agent, and my wife here is an interior decorator, and we put a lot into this house. So it's like, could we maybe like offer you like a guest room or the basement? <laughs> um, and eventually, somehow they reach an agreement that they the Diamonds will release Grace, and they'll find him, find the demon, somebody else to possess. Yeah. Um, and so they, uh, end up putting the house up for rent at apparently like a, just a, a complete steal because they're trying to draw in a victim basically. Um, and the one who picks it up is Will. Uh, Will is a, um, uh, customer service agent for Presto Paste, which is apparently a very disgusting <laughs> toothpaste. We're, we're reminded of that numerous times throughout the film. And then apparently the, the new formula is much saltier. <laughs> because it has more sodium bicarbonate. Yeah. Which is important for toothpaste. By half a percent. <laughs> um, and uh, so Will, he... he, he is very non-committal. He um, has a lot of hobbies, but doesn't actually complete anything in those hobbies. Um, he just gets kind of wrapped up in things, but doesn't. He has problem with like dedicating himself to one thing, including his girlfriend Amy, uh, who comes home upset that she didn't she got this promotion at work and you know they had a big dinner for her and he didn't come because he'd rather stay home and bake cake pops. Make cake pops, yeah. <laughs> and uh work you know work a shift for for customer service. So she kicks him out and now he's renting this house. Um everything seems to be going I mean we as the audience know what's going on. He's obviously none the wiser Everything starts out kind of fine, um, but then things around the house start happening. You know, uh, cupboards are opening or things are not where he left them. You know, typical demon house type stuff. Poltergeisty shit. Yeah. Uh, at one point, he he walks. He like walks out of the kitchen for some reason. I can't, I can't remember exactly what what the the. the exact situation but he leaves the kitchen and comes back and all his chairs are stacked up on top of each other all the cabinets and drawers are all open and he's like that's fine it's you know an old house uh with you know the, the drafty 
and you know things blow open. You see this in movies all the time. In, in scary, movies. scary movies. <laughs> uh, he doesn't even try to rationalize the sti- the chairs stacked on top of each other. Um. Uh, his so he, he, through all this, he's just pining for Amy. He's trying to show that he can complete things. He can commit himself to something. So he starts trying to exercise. He starts. Um, he he had this thing where he wanted to start a wood shop and like repair old furniture. So he starts doing that, um, and uh, he meets up with his friend Patrick, who I don't know. It must be a mutual friend between him and Amy, I guess, because he's like, you know, tell Amy I'm 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 doing these things. I'm trying to be better, and Patrick's just like, dude, it's. It's done. Just move on. Yeah. Um, and he tries to set him up with a girl from work, also named Amy. Yeah. Amy with two E's. Um, and, you know, I don't know if, I guess he wasn't drunk. He was just like, at this point, he had become so distressed by not only the like the, the poltergeisty shit that was happening around the house, but also there are physical like apparitions uh, around the house, like you know, like possessed souls that still live in the house. Yeah, the house is haunted with ghosts and a demon. Right. Yeah. the The demon's basically holding their spirits captive. Yeah. Um. The you know previous residents, or uh, one would assume. Uh. Oh. So I guess kind of bearing the lead here. Will moves in with the intention, with the seller's intention of him being possessed by. Diominus, and then Diominus would just kind of move on, and they'd be able to move back in their house. Well, Diominus, for whatever reason, decides we can't possess, or you know, we can't possess Will. You need to leave. Yeah, like his soul is trash, or whatever. Yeah, and he's just like when he realizes that the demon can't or won't possess him, and aside from that, there's really nothing that it can do. He just is like, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so he kind of goes in this back and forth with with the demon and you know and the spirits that are there. Um, One of them steals his shirt. Right. <laughs> is this a ringer tee that says, I know it's corny, but I love you, with like a picture of a cartoon ca- uh, corn cob? Yeah, it's got a <laughs> corn cob, and I think it's like cornbread on it, too. <laughs> um, and... Uh, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, that's that's basically the movie. Uh, like I said, he he meets up with Patrick and this girl Amy. Patrick's trying to set him up with Amy, you know, Amy too. Let's call her. <laughs> um, and he says, you know, he kind of just basically unloads on both of them. Say, yeah, hey, yeah, I'm living in this ghost house, and uh, demon is trying to get me to bring him somebody to possess, and yeah, blah blah blah, <clears throat> and. Amy says, well, you know, back in, in college, I kind of, like, did a few house cleansings. Right. And Will's like, that's great. Come with me. And you know, so, Yeah, can you do it now? So they go to the house, and um, they um, try to do, like, a like a seance to, to, cl- to clear the house. But not a seance. She makes it clear that it's not a seance. Right. Because the last time she did a seance, things got away from her. <laughs> right. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that basically just results in in Patrick getting possessed, and I, I don't want to talk. This, 
the plot, like it kind of keeps unfolding. Like things keep happening that are like parts of the story, but I don't want to talk about all of them. So um, basically, yeah, Will is in this house. He's trying to, you know, basically cohabitate with, with, <laughs> with these ghosts and a demon. Uh, and like the ghosts are fine. Like yeah, they're just he, trying to creep him out, right? He would have no problem with the ghosts, yeah. But it's it's Diominus is the one that keeps like you know wants someone to possess, and so he like can't have people over because then Diominus is trying to possess them, and yeah. At, at one point, you know, Amy wants to just kind of check up on him, make sure he's okay for his ex, Amy, and she comes over and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd love to have you over," because he kind of like realizes well that you know maybe this is my lot in life to just kind of protect people by standing guard at this house and preventing anybody from getting it, you know, coming in that could be possessed. And so Amy, that's when Amy comes over, wants to see how he's doing, see his house. And he like starts to let her in, but then he's like, wait, you know, this probably isn't a good idea. Yeah. Which is obviously sending mixed messages to, to the girl he's trying to get back together with. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's that's pretty much the story. Um, what what do you think? Uh, I thought it would be funnier because like it's billed as like a comedy mostly, yeah, comedy horror. Um, I didn't really have any like laugh out loud moments. There was a couple of kind of jokes where I was just kind of like, <laughs> "It's clever," but I, no, really, just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I laugh. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, I've heard it. Um, I actually, Just one hearty hog, get it out, and be done. None of this, none of this laughing all day stuff. Who's got, got the time? I got time for that. Just one ha and be done. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I had a couple times at least where I, I you know, did an audible ha. Where you went ha. <laughs> ha. <laughs> um. I thought the, a lot of the humor, not not so much, was not, god damn it, it wasn't so much dry, just subtle, I guess. Like, they weren't, like, like a lot of slapstick stuff. I mean, there was that occasionally, yeah. but it didn't rely on it. And, um, uh, I, I don't know, a lot of it had, like, like relied on, like, visual cues and, and like, just kind of visual humor. Mm-hmm. Um and um, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I thought the dialogue was was pretty funny. Like nothing like groundbreaking or you know super memorable, but you know, I I, I enjoyed it. I, I yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I just I just thought it would be funnier than it was. I I don't know. Maybe we had two different uh, sets of expectations. Maybe. Because I don't know, I think I think it was funnier than I thought it was going to be. Oh, so maybe you were expecting more, and I was expecting less. Maybe, <laughs> uh, and maybe that was due to the fact that I just kind of picked it at random. Yeah, it's like, hey, this is Shutter. I don't have to pay for it because I already pay for Shutter. Five ninety nine a month gets you so many movies, guys. At Not Shutter, an ad at Shutter dot com. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah, but no, I mean, I I thought the the cast 
was was pretty good. I liked Will. Will gave me like young Jason Siegel vibes. I could see that. More so his appearance than really his acting or his his personality, but Oh, well. But to an extent that as well, but Yeah, I mean he he played the the kind of like uh almost neurotic uh loner's not really the right. Word. Well, he kind of was a loner, I guess, but but just, not by choice. No. Um Yeah, just this is kind of like neurotic loser basically, I guess. Yeah. Um I th- I thought he played it really well. It was uh, John Yeah, no, I thought all the acting was was good. Yeah. And um Yeah, honestly, I I like I'm looking at the IMDb here and I see it's 4.8. And I think that's like that's out of 10. That's really yeah. I yeah, think that's, that's low. very low. I think it was yeah, a good deal better than that. Like some of my favorite like visual gags, there's a part where he pulls a, a cake out of the oven that he doesn't remember making mm-hmm. and it's just, it's frosted just black. Yeah. Which at first I thought it was like burnt, but it's just frosted black and then in in red frosting it says like I will have your soul or something like that. <laughs> and he's just like maybe it was Amy. <laughs> Patrick's just like, you think your ex-girlfriend snuck into your house, baked a cake, frosted it, I will have your soul in an effort to get you back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like, at times he's like so delusional about about Amy and like like him wanting, her wanting him back and like, you know, the potential for them to get back together. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the... uh, the ending was a little predictable, which was I think that's so much disappointing. Just it's kind of open though. It kind of like it doesn't really hammer home what happens. It kind of makes you wonder if it's a yes or no kind of thing. Sure, yeah. Um, trying to dance around it without yeah, yeah, giving yeah. anything away. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean so much like the very end, which I, th- I think you're talking about. Oh, I meant kind of make basically the last scene. Where it all kind of wrap wraps up and then you know neat in the basement. Bow. No, after that. Oh, okay. Um, it just the ending seemed a little um, too neat, I guess. And I, I I get that it's a comedy. It's not just like a you know straightforward horror uh, where you know everybody dies or anything yeah. like that. Uh, but I don't know. It seemed a little neat for me. Um, what my suggestions would be, I I I, I don't know, but. Still, would you stop making noise? Sorry, <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> I said, stop making noise. Um, Midnight Corey did it all himself, so can I. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, I liked, I liked this. It was, it was a, a fun little movie. You know, not, not too heavy, not too. Especially after watching Infinity Pool, this was kind of... <laughs> I watched this nice before little Infinity reprieve. Pool, so... Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay, yeah, because Infinity Pool is, like, fucking heavy. We'll get there. <laughs> this this was very lighthearted, um, easily watched by, I think, pretty much anyone. You know, it's like we were talking earlier about uh, combining, like, comedy and horror and, you know, not being for horror fans. It's like, this is not... For horror fans, I mean people. 
people who like horror, sure, but like not like people who are like, you know, I want a straight horror film. That's not what this is. Right. No, about. it's it's a comedy horror, like not even a horror comedy. Like the comedy is paramount in this. Yeah. This is yeah, definitely I'd say yeah, definitely comedy before horror. Yeah. Um, but it's it, not like there's no gore, there's no really like scary scenes like yeah the even like the the look of the demon is not anything particularly you know chilling yeah i mean it's, it's basically just kind of your generic possession look like it, it looks something, like samara from the ring or something like i was gonna say it, it's basically just kind of the the reproduction that's that of, of reagan that's been done over and over yeah since the exorcist came out um and that that's like lights across her eyes like morticia, morticia. <laughs> yeah. which i thought was a nice little touch yeah like it's like it's not something that stands out a lot but it kind of adds a little something to yeah. it um anyway yeah it, it, it was a good it was well constructed i think um i think my only complaint would be that sometimes it seemed like uh, uh maybe the dialogue in certain parts would just kind of go on a little too much and i wish i could think of an example but i'm really drawing a blank right now um which sounds like a bad critique but (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's not a huge complaint it wasn't like distracting or anything like that so um but uh yeah it was it was put together well um, the act, the cast worked really well together. I thought the the script was pretty good, um, and it was shot well. And just, I mean, I'm not trying to uh, diminish her at all, but just thinking back to how Emily Hagen started and kind of you know her making stuff like this now, it's, it's great. You know, it's great for her. I'm I'm, I'm happy for her. Yeah, because I th- I think she did a, a great job. Um. Anyway, uh, do you have anything else to add? Uh, I liked the line "Diominus likes nerds." Likes <laughs> nerds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it like um Grace's brother like points out he's like a demon named Diominus really. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's <clears throat> some of my favorite moments of this are when people point out the absurdity of the moment. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of not so much meta, just no self aware. Yeah, just yeah, pointing out the um, and kind of pointing the, out like the tropes and cliches of of these kind of movies. Yeah, just the ridiculousness of the situation. Yeah, it's like it, it supersedes the horror that's going on. Like you know, yeah, there's a fucking demon you know possessing my little sister, but Diominus, that's a fucking <laughs> stupid name. Um. Anyway. Um. Also, why didn't he like? He talks about how he can't really like commit to anything. His his candles are apparently terrible. Every time somebody lights one of his candles, just like oh my god, this fucking smells, <laughs> smells awful. Um, and like his uh, dresser or whatever it was that he was making was like off kilter and stuff. But but by all accounts, I mean no, I don't think anybody ever ate them. But his cakes looked really good. Yeah, he took a lot of time like piping them and stuff. Better than I could do. For and I was like, why doesn't he focus on the cakes? Yeah, people love cakes. People love sweets, man. Yeah, like they, they people people pay so much fucking money for like wedding cakes. It is outrageous. Yeah. 
Like, I can't remember. Did you guys have it like a cake? No. Your, we had cheesecakes. Okay. I, I, I don't recall, but um, take your word for it. Uh, yeah. I can't remember exactly how much our cake was, but it was like a three-tier thing. Um, it wasn't very big. Uh, and uh, I think we actually got like, I think we got like sheet cake for... You know, basically, our cake wouldn't have been able to feed everyone, so I right, think we got yeah, sheet yeah. cake for for other people. Um, and uh, I think we like our cake was like a couple hundred dollars, if I remember right. And it's just like it's a fucking cake that is insane. <laughs> it's gonna be poop eventually. <laughs> and it's like for me to pay for a cake that has just like covered in fondant, which I think is just a complete cheat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's like is that what it was? It was just it just covered a fondant. Yeah, it wasn't piped or anything. Well, I mean, they have. So I think I'm trying to remember it. It's it was square. Like it's square tiers. It's three tiers and it's white fondant. And then I think it just had ribbon. And then like had like a dressing at. The, I can't remember if the dressing at the top with like the flowering. Like ranch dressing? Yeah, you know, ranch and you know, <laughs> ranch on one tier, blue cheese on the other. You don't have Italian on the other. Um, you know, like, like cakes. <laughs> you had cake. There's like flowers on it, and I can't remember if that was something that, like, maybe my mother-in-law added or or something, or if that was something we paid for. But it had like ribbon wrapped around that you know our, our wedding colors. But nothing. F- no frills, and we didn't even pay for a cake topper. We gave we had our own cake topper, and uh, it was just in, insanely expensive yeah. for a, for a cake. But you know, I'm not so much complaining. I'm just like cakes are expensive, especially wedding cakes, and people pay out the ass for extravagant cakes. So if you're a baker and you can like even just operate out of your own home. Yeah, like he made so many cakes. Yeah. Uh, you know, fucking more power to you. Get that money. Yeah. I, like, I think he should start a little online, you know, online, not at, maybe not an Etsy shop, but just a on, little online Shopify store or something, you know. Sure, like yeah. Sell little cakes. And his cake pops, it's too. Were, they, were, they were perfect. Ooh, perfectly round cake pops. Yeah. If I try to make a little a sprinkles cake, on them, yeah. Look like something you get at Starbucks. Yeah. If I try to make a cake pop, it would be so fucking like, like, It'll be falling off the stick. and Yeah. It'll be like this lumpy. and sh- Like it would like. So I don't know. Do you know how you make, how you make cake pops? The, no. The, the, you you take, use a mold, I assume. Uh, I think they, maybe you have. You can use a mold. But no, I mean, basically what you do is you just take cake. You mash it up and you mix it with frosting. And then you form it into a ball. And then you coat it. Okay. That's how you make a cake pop. Uh, but people fucking love them. Yeah. But it's like, if I were to make them, it, it would probably be mostly frosting. <laughs> like, not by choice, just because I needed this shit to hold together. And it would be like just so misshapen and lumpy and just really, really unappetizing looking. Yeah. So. It'll probably melt real quick. Sure, yeah. So the fact that uh, Will made these really very nice looking cake pops, that. So I'm saying he had the tools. It was inside him the whole time. Let's go. <laughs> Hit a fucking farmer's market, get a little booth going. There you go. 
so many options. Figure it out. That's what I said. So figure it out. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I I enjoyed this and um, would recommend. It's, you know, it's like I said, it's on Shutter. So if you already have Shutter, then you don't got to pay for it. Fucking a. Um, I'll give it a seven. It's like I wouldn't recommend it to somebody who's looking for like something in the style of The Exorcist. Well, no, no. But yeah, I mean, for a comedy horror, it's it's good and it's it's cutesy, um, which may sound like an insult, but <laughs> it. I mean, it is. It's a cute movie. It, it is a romantic comedy to an extent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. Um, yeah, and you know, r- romantic comedy horror films. It sounds like a very niche uh, genre, but I mean, you got some competition, like. Shaun of the Dead. Oh, like my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, got a little, uh, little, little, little working against you there. I yeah. Film the Toronto. I assumed it was California. Uh, I'm going to give it a six. All right. So, uh, as Monty Python would say, and now for something completely different <laughs> uh, Infinity Pool. I don't understand why we're doing this. We barely know these people. It's one day. Let's mix things up a bit. You're just happy you found your fan club. I've been waiting six years for your second book. Is it coming out soon? I'm working on it. What do you do for money then? You married rich. (laughs) (laughs) I actually came here looking for inspiration. James Foster, you have to come with us. Here, the punishment for any crime committed is death. What? What would you say? But for a significant sum, we'll build a double to send in for your execution. your transformation this is just a little game but i can take some blood show me how strong you are it's really disgusting you could just sit there and watch it happen You know, James, do you worry they got the wrong man? My science teacher in uh, in junior high was used to do, like, every time he was, like, changing subjects in, in a lesson, every time he would do that. Really? And now for something completely different. And every like, time? 
Not every time. I was going to say, that would get old really fucking <laughs> fast. Uh, but like two people, like me me being one of them in the class, even understood what the hell he was You were like, ha! Yeah. I understood that <laughs> reference. <laughs> I understood that reference. <laughs> All right, so Infinity Pool, written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg, the son of the legendary David Cronenberg. Uh, I think... Davey I, to his friends. <laughs> D-Nasty, is it? <laughs> Do you think somebody like told Brandon Cronenberg, like, hey, if you really like want to be taken seriously as a director, you need to like move away from all that stuff your dad did? And Brandon was just like, no, nah, I'm just going to do it his way. <laughs> Work for him. Work for me. <laughs> so Infinity Pool uh, is about a writer named James Foster, played by Alexander Skarsgård. There's a little circle above the A. That's it. So you have to say it. Skarsgård. <laughs> That's how you pronounce it. It's uh, <coughs> Dutch. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, he's a he's a novelist, but he wrote one book six years ago. I think they said. I, be- I believe so. Yeah, that just tanked. <laughs> but we don't. Do we know that? Uh, no, I guess not. No, I know they. they he's talk been working about on a follow up for six years. Right. And he's got like writer's block. And so him and his wife, M, go to this uh, island of Litolka, which is not a real place. No. Um, it's an island, right? Or is it just a... It just says seaside country, I guess. I'd, uh, yeah, I don't I It think felt it's like an island. an island, but I guess I don't know. Um, well, they're they're on this resort compound, but Litolka... We, kind of come to find out is like third world country so yeah it's very um very religious very conservative uh and very poor yeah outside of yeah these compound um resorts and they're like you know they have fences around them with razor wire along the top mm-hmm. and like you know it's gated for people to come and go uh and keep the locals out right actually it's it, people aren't supposed to come and go which is kind of part of the story. Yeah, that's we find that out later. I was going to get to it, but I just got to fucking blow up my spot. I didn't tell the whole thing. <laughs> I left plenty of meat on the bone. Um. Yeah, so there's this uh, like local f- festival of some kind going on. It's called the Summoning. Uh, I don't. That sounds so ominous, right? <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Also vacation, like let's say, like you go to a resort in Hawaii or something. It's like, hey, we're gonna start this local tradition. It's a festival we do it every year. It's called the summoning. I'd be like, someone is getting sacrificed. <laughs> it's like, I hope it's not me. Like, I don't think we're as- answering the important questions here. I don't think we're asking the important questions here. One being, what are you summoning? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of elder god yeah. are you bringing down? Like I haven't read a lot of Lovecraft, but I know enough. Yeah, <laughs> this is not Lovecraftian, by the way. No, not in any way. Uh, <laughs> there is no Elder God. There's we don't really know what they're summoning. Just uh, Joe, Joe summoning Joe. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, hey, Joe, <laughs> what? <laughs> Come here. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> Ezekiel. <laughs> Fuck you, thank you. Fuck you, Tony. 
<laughs> you leave my mom out of this. <laughs> but so, uh, James runs into this girl named Gabby, played by Mia Goth. And she says, you know, she's like, oh, you're James Foster. Like, I really like your book. And so he's, you know, very kind of flattered. And she, her and her husband, Albin, uh, invite him and M to go out to dinner with them. So they go out to this dinner. It's this Chinese restaurant, but all the employees are white. <laughs> that's something that's like recurring on this, on this resort. It's like they try to be so multicultural, but they're all white. And it gets weirder and more blatant. Right. Um, yeah, but then they're all like wearing like, they're not kimonos, but like the, you know, the silk Chinese shirts. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what they're called. I'm sure they have a name, but. It's, yeah, I'm sure they do. But like, yeah, like the little, little the little round caps. Yeah. And, and the, the long braids. Yeah. The pro braid, yeah. Jesus um, Christ. Oh, and also as part of this festival, they all wear these weird, creepy masks that are available in the gift shop. <laughs> right. I like the one with the uh, coins for teeth. Yeah, that was cool. I liked the, the, the one with the horns. The one the Skarsgård wore? Yeah, I'm kind of a sucker for horns, so. Yeah? Are you, you're a horny guy? Oh, I'm so horny. <laughs> I just, sometimes I just wake up in the morning and I'm like, hey, I'm horny. <laughs> And your wife's like, wait, I don't wait, what are we talking about? Like, I don't care. Go back to bed. <laughs> Put that thing away, damn it. <laughs> but so while they're at dinner, apparently my wife is a six-year-old woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're at dinner, and Gabby talks about how she's an actress and she specializes in um uh, what she could call it fail acting or something like that uh something like that yeah yeah she's basically the person in infomercials that goes there's got to be a better way yeah the one the person who can't do the simplest fucking tasks yeah and she demonstrates this by not being able to cut a bread roll with a knife i mean to be fair to be fair fair, uh, sometimes it's very hard to do (laughs) (laughs) but she's just like turning this knife sideways and crushing this roll I kept waiting for her to go, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> and Albin is a like architect. Ar- is he an architect? Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if he's an architect or city planner or something, but um, yeah. So, and M is rich. She doesn't have family money. Yeah. Her, her dad is James's publisher. That's right. So, right. Or maybe he's not his publisher he he's just a publisher no he is his publisher that is comes he? out later yeah okay because i, I started that in this you know later scene that they were saying that he, he her dad would never work with him or something like that I, oh then maybe i'm wrong i'm not sure it's not really it's, it's really matter. not it doesn't matter uh but so the next day they go out with um gabby and albin and they rent a car from a guy and they leave the resort and they go out and they have a nice picnic on a beach and Gabby jerks uh, James off. Yeah. She's like giving him like fuck me eyes all day. Yeah. I and mean, from the first time she met him, it's clear that she's DTF. Right. It's, I mean, it's Mia goth. It's like, he, 
you almost expect it. Well, yeah, like Mia Goth, uh, you know, she uh, goes back to her roots of getting completely 100% naked. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, uh, when James is taking a piss, I thought it was her. Really? Yeah, because uh, you've probably never seen N- Nymphomaniac, have you? No. There's a part where she pisses on somebody else. Oh. And uh, it's not like, I don't think it's a, if I recall, it's not like graphic, uh, but yeah. So I just assumed it was her. <laughs> was this, like, she's done it before. <laughs> this scene, while not graphic, it's like you see Alexander Skarsgård. It's clear that he's peeing. And then like you see the pee hitting the rocks. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, I get it. Like, yeah. I, I understood what was happening. I didn't need to see the pee. It's like, I, I understand. Yeah. I, I, I too have done this before. <laughs> <laughs> and then she comes up behind him and just like rubs one out and then you see the jizz hit the rocks yeah and i was like again i got it yeah. when he went <laughs> i was like oh he came i don't need to see it yeah maybe you could just like maybe just drop in the sound effect that would have been plenty <laughs> bloop yeah <laughs> just like a <laughs> it's the tiniest little splash but so then they go back or they're on their way back alvin is like hammered They've been drinking on the beach all day. Uh, yeah, man. Drinking on the beach. Drinking in the sun. <laughs> in the sun. That's bad. That's bad stuff. It's, yeah. <laughs> but so James is like, it's it's cool. I can drive. And so he's driving along. He's driving along. And suddenly the lights on the car start like going in and out, flashing. And so he's like, you know, flicking with the switch, trying to figure him out. And suddenly there's this guy in the street. And he hits him. And they're like, you know, we got to call the cops. And they start getting letters saying, I know what you did last summer. Yeah, a guy with a hook starts chasing him around. <laughs> but Gabby's just like, we're not fucking calling the cops. Like, She's the Ryan Phillippe character. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, we take this to our grave. <laughs> but no, she's Surprise, like. Surprise, it's an I know what you did last summer remake. <laughs> but she's like, this is fucking Lee Tolka. Like, you will not last in a Lee Tolkien prison. She's like, this is not a civilized country. Right. It's like, M and I, you know, you you two will be beaten, and then M and I will be raped by the police. And left on the side of the road. Right. Yeah. So they go back to the resort, and this is when you find out, like, they weren't supposed to leave. The guys at the gate are just like, you know, guests are not supposed to leave the resort. And they're like, you know, we're, we're sorry. We, we didn't know. Here's our key card to show that we actually belong here and all this stuff. I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I'm not from here. Because <laughs> it's like this entire compound is just covered, like Taylor mentioned, just complete, like, I think it almost has like double gates, like a prison. And then, yeah, it's just wrapped in razor wire around the, the entire compound of this resort. And they're saying, like, oh, we got outside somehow. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, they say that they got lost. I'm old and confused. <laughs> they say they got lost. And I was just like, yeah, there's no way you got lost and ended up on the other side of the fence. Right. Like, That's not how this works. No, you don't do that by accident. Right. They've probably taken measures to make sure that does not happen. Yeah. But the next day, the cops show up at James's room and drag him off. And this detective... First off, tells him, you know, I'm I'm going to ask you if you rented a car from this guy. And this guy is my cousin, I think he uncle. says. Uncle. Yeah. And he's like, so it would benefit everyone 
if you said that no, you do not rent the car from him. <laughs> well, no, he, he says, or like James says, you know, is this going to help me at all? He's like, no, but I would appreciate it. Yeah, and not only that, then he, he so he asks him, he's like, you know, did you rent a car from this guy? And he says, no. And he says, okay, so you stole the car. <laughs> I says, yeah, we, we spoke with Albin and Gabby, who, or you know, whatever their last names were, who said that after stealing the car, you went on a joyride and you know, blah blah blah. <laughs> he also says, like, M told us everything, basically that his wife sold him out, All right? Which is a, a very common police practice. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your buddy told us everything. Like, oh yeah, why don't you tell me what he said? <laughs> they sent him up the river. <laughs> sent him to the big house and they shanked him with a shiv shift him with a shank <laughs> <laughs> but so this guy this detective tells James that here in Lee Tolka it is policy that if someone commits murder even by avoidable accident he says uh, that that person will be put to death at the hands of their victim's oldest son <laughs> So weird. <laughs> I'd be like, what? <laughs> and he's like, you know, if, if they don't have a son, then, you know, the state has measures. But in this case, it's okay because the guy had two sons, one eight and one 13. <laughs> so basically, we're going to let this 13-year-old kill you. <laughs> and he says, but uh, to, to bolster our tourism uh, measures... Yeah, he says, you know, we have had this, you know, got a, a, a tourism uh, initiative. Or initiative, yes. Yeah, I don't know if that's exactly what he said, but yeah, basically that is like you basically we don't want to create a, in, you know, an international incident, you know, getting in like other governments involved in, in something like that. Yeah, so he says, we can create a double of you and kill that. It's, you know, it, it costs a hefty fee. But it will be, you know, an exact likeness and it will have all your memories and all your thoughts. So it will believe that it's guilty and that's, that's why it's being punished. <laughs> this is when I was starting to get a little lost. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> this third world country has the technology to clone people. <laughs> right. But not enough money to feed its people. <laughs> right. But so... Of course, you know, yeah, we're a first world country and we don't do that anymore. Well, that's so. a good point. <laughs> oh. Uh, James, you know, thinking partly, well, it's, you know, it's not my money, it's my wife's money. <laughs> but he's just like, yeah, you know, let's do that. And so that's what they do. They make this copy of him and it, you know, comes to life and it looks exactly like him. And hey, the whole process is fucking weird. Like, I don't understand. It's, it's like, Vintage Cronenberg is what it is. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they strip him down. They put a swim cap on him. <laughs> and they put like, um, like if you go to a dentist or if you're getting like like oral surgery, the little thing they put in your mouth to hold your mouth wide open. Yeah, there's also a game that uses that. It's oh, like yeah. You put it in your mouth and you have to say stuff and people have to decipher what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So they put that and th then he... They put him in this room, which is just like this tiled room with a wooden door. So it's like, it's not like this high tech booth of any kind. Right. And it's like the floor is coated in, 
I don't some kind of viscous some kind red of red liquid. goop. Yeah. yeah. And so he steps down in it, and they say, you know, put your hands up, you know, like up in, in in front of you. And then they close the door, and then he goes through this fucking acid trip thing. Yeah. Then blue goop starts coming out, and I don't think it like covered him at all, but it just started coming out of like a tube in the wall. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. And then he goes into this like psychedelic hallucination where he sees Mia Goth naked. And then there's just all kinds of like blue and red things. lights. And, sure, yeah, it's better than seeing the fucking old guy naked sure, in yeah. the movie later. We're not going to get into too much detail about this scene, so I'll just bring it up now. I literally texted Tony and said, they just showed the weirdest dick. <laughs> and then when I got there, I texted him back. I'm like, why does his dick look like a snatch? Because it did. It did. It looked like a giant fupa. Yeah. It looked like if you like put like, you know, those things that people used to put in front of like old TVs to magnify the screen. <laughs> yeah. It's like if you put one of those in front of a regular size vagina, that's what it looked like. Because <laughs> it looked like he just had like, yeah, a big fat fupa and his, so, and it looked like he, I don't know if it was maybe he was ass cheeks hanging down that you could see. Um, and, but then the little, this little dick, uh, it looked like, you know, just like a, 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 a clit or a, a, or a hood popping out. So it just, it looked like a vagina. Yeah. Like I, a very large vagina. You know, I, I, I'm sorry to the actor, but like, I've never seen anything like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I feel, uh, I feel like that's unfortunate, but also he didn't have to show it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so yeah, this um this double they keep calling it a double. They never use the word clone. Right. This double gets That's uh, too scientific. Gets too sta- sciencey. Yeah. Gets stabbed to death by this thirteen year old kid. And uh James and M have to watch. It's part of the law for whatever reason. <laughs> Why not? Gone this far. <laughs> But so that night, Gabby's just like, fuck this. We're leaving. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. And James can't find his passport. Right. So he goes to the front desk and he actually extends his stay for a week. And, you know, she's like, is this under M. Foster? And he's like, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, I am. Heroes <laughs> commercials. Are you, are you Mr. Ruz, 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 Coach Shashevsky? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Ah, uh, those were the best. Do you um, remember, like, God, it was probably like 15 years later they brought that guy back for like one or two commercials? I think so. I think it was a Super Bowl commercial they, they did it for. Him. I remember the first one, it was like, I'm I'm Mr. Galakwix, Dr. Galakowitz. <laughs> yes, I am. And then they did one for the final four. It was, I'm Mr. Kurzerwuski, Coach Shashevsky. <laughs> yes, I am. It was also he could ride in a limo. That was the whole thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, he extends stay, and then he runs into Gabby, and she says, you know, she knew about the double thing because uh, Albin was he designed this infinity pool for another uh, resort. Ah, there's the name, which is like the only part where infinity pool comes in at any point. That's it. But while they were building it it like collapsed and killed a construction worker. So 
I guess she never really says what happened with her, though. Was she also, was she considered responsible? Mm, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't either. But but at some point, both her and Albin were found guilty of murder and had to go through this whole double thing. Right. So then she says, you know, come with me. We found a whole group of people. you'll see. A world of pure imagination. (laughs) She says, you know, we have a whole group of people who have been through this. And so he goes up and he meets this group. And one of them is a doctor. And I thought this was Carrie Elwes at first, just by (laughs) his voice. But it's not. I, the bald guy, I was, I thought that was uh, the the sports guy from Frasier. (laughs) Oh my God. Bulldog? Yeah. I couldn't remember his name. I thought that was him. For like most of the scenes he was in, I thought it was him. (laughs) Until I got a good look at his face. I'm like, oh, no, that's not him. But this doctor guy, he's like, do you, have you wondered like, if they killed the right person, like maybe you're the clone and they killed the original. Have you thought about that? It's like, well, I am now. Oh, it's like, <laughs> like I'm sitting there and you say that. I'm like, yeah, that's what I was thinking from the very start. <laughs> but so like, they basically tell him like it, it fucks with your head. Like it really does. And I don't know how it couldn't like sitting yep. there watching yourself get murdered by a young boy. Right. <laughs> I mean, talk about imposter syndrome, you know? Yeah, no shit. That's like, I, I don't know how I keep going back to altered carbon. I think I have like at least twice <laughs> already. But um, every time he went into a different body, he'd like have to stare at himself in the mirror for for like half an hour just so he could like get used to like having somebody else's face. Oh, yeah. Did he look in the mirror and go, oh, boy. Ah, I took quant- quantum leap. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, uh, yeah. So he starts hanging out with this group of people. They're all bad influences. They get him to start doing drugs. He does the uh, the the some kind of eka root maca root. Maca. It's not the maca. Your body wants the maca. It needs the maca. It's not the maca. I, I wouldn't have said that. That sounds like me. Something I'd say with my thinking cap on. <laughs> I think it's called like the eka. Eka something? I don't know. It's it's some kind of root. Some kind of root thing. or something. Um, they smoke it like a cigarette. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they put it in a bowl and they light it and then they inhale the fumes and then they fuck. All night. They no. just have a big shunting. Um, it like, may as well have been. Like The first time, it's like him and Gabby do it. And then they start like going to town on each other. And then all of a sudden, Albin is like down at the foot of the bed jerking it. I was like, no, no, go away. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. He's like, he's like tugging on James's leg. Yeah, like pulling on his foot. Like, oh, yeah. And like, you don't see that he's jacking off yet. So he just like, he's like, right. Yeah, it just pans like, across. Yeah, it looks like he's just jack- yeah, tugging on his leg like, like hey. a fucking dog or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, ah, ah. And then you see his fucking jacking off. It's like, what is happening? I know. I'd be like, no, get, get off of me. It's like, it's like, no, just her, just her. Like Dave in Club Dread, how he's always like popping up and just like. <laughs> <laughs> but then you see like all the other women from the group start getting in it and it's just, it's a, just a big fuck pile. It is. It is. There's, uh, you know, I don't, mm, I don't know. Cause I, I don't think I said this while we were recording, 
I think I said it off mic, but apparently the original cut of this was NC-17, and they cut it down to get an R rating. <clears throat> During this scene, I am almost certain that there were like distorted and blurred versions of or vision or uh, images of actual like penetration. So I'm wondering if mm. that was what uh, got the NC-17. That'll do it. Because I don't think they do X anymore. I don't think that's a thing. I don't. I don't know. Because I haven't paid for porn in a really long time. (laughs) People pay for porn? I don't understand. I mean, like even the people who do, it's like a subscription service or sure, something. Sure, yeah, they're it's looking like, for something specific. Not they, they don't need a physical media. Yeah, it's like this specific site has something that that I need. Right. <laughs> Perfect ten. Right. <laughs> like that could be like a bowling website. It's like this guy is fucking his maid while his wife is literally on the other side of the counter. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> I remember my friend in high school. Like we were actually we were, we were bowling, and he was just like, "Because <laughs> it's the fucking heat club." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was Sumner because this was after our bowling alley got turned into a church. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds right. He was like, "Remember when pornos had like clever names? Like they would be like Forest Hump or like Harry Twatter." He goes, "Now it's just like Big Black Dicks Eight." <laughs> <laughs> Or just like describing what the movie is. It's just like small white girl gets penetrated by giant black dick. <laughs> it's like that's the name of it. There's what a- happened to artistry is all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, Sorry my porn was not directed by the fucking Coen brothers. <laughs> How many super bad references can I make? Um, my dad's friend. Uh, I don't think he's done it in a, in a couple years. Porn? um no he would uh he would send my dad he just like he'd go find like the grossest most disturbing porn he could find and give it to my dad for christmas it was just like this ongoing joke i don't want your giant box of porn (laughs) uh and i swear and i I could be remembering this wrong but he got him this one that was Guys fucking old ladies. Oh. Not like not like, you know, MILFs, you know, like you know, in the no, gilfs. F- for, yeah. <laughs> like old ladies. And not like octogenarians. Pro maybe, yeah. I, I mean I never watched it, but like, you know, you make ref- inferences from the cover. because uh, porn covers, I tell you, they don't really They don't uh, hold back. Hold back. Um and if they do, then the back cover gives it all away. Sure, yeah. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it was just called fucking granny. So, I mean, there's that chew on that little nugget. Um, okay. So yeah, that's not the weirdest thing in this movie. Um, but, (laughs) um, yeah, like everything we've said up until now, it gets weirder. But I'm going to stop there because I can't get into too much yeah. detail. I'll start giving stuff away. Mm-hmm. This is a weird fucking movie. It is so weird. And it's like, I, I'd i say it's every bit as weird as any of his dad's movies. Yeah, it doesn't have the like full-on body horror of a David Cronenberg. And there's not like things coming out of people or... Well... <laughs> 
Sometimes. Okay. <laughs> but not, it's much more fleeting. Sure, <laughs> yeah. They don't make a thing out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, as far as, as far as just, as far as the content and just being like the, the what the fuck factor, I'd say this is pretty on par with. It's pretty, pretty up there. Yeah. yeah. This reminds me more of something like Dead Ringers than it, I mean, not saying it's, it's anything like Dead Ringers, just stylistically reminds me more of Dead Ringers than it does like Rabid right. or The Fly or something like that. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely not a body horror film. Uh, so, um, but yeah, just like it's, it just like, keeps getting more and more depraved. Yeah, as it goes on, and it's it's it's, I don't know. It's not really like an eat the rich movie because the the rich are the ones that are kind of holding all the cards here, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't think this is a spoiler. Basically, this this group, they, I don't know if it's annually or what, but they regularly come back to this uh, Litolka. And just do whatever they want because they're like, if we get arrested, we'll just pay for the double. Who the fuck cares? Right. There's, uh, well, I'm, I don't leave that out. I was gonna say there's a one part that is a, is a little bit of a fake out, but I, I won't talk about it. <clears throat> um. Yep. 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 Um. Is there anything else to mention? I don't know. Is there? Hmm, no, I guess not really. Um, no, uh, yeah. It, like I said, it's it's. Uh, I hate to compare anybody, you know, especially like an artist or a film. You know, in this case, a filmmaker. To their parent, because you know there's a legacy that you, you feel like you have to live up to, and yeah, no, I know you want to strive for kind of uh, making your own name. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like you said at the beginning, it's like this is very much like one of his old man's movies. Yeah, so, um, at least stylistically, it is. Um, and I imagine probably as he gets further into his career, start developing more of his own style. Um, it's just kind of the way it goes. <clears throat> um. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It was, you know, I love Cronenberg, so it didn't feel like a, you know, like a poor facsimile or something. Like it was on par with, yeah, yeah, with David's stuff for sure. Um, it didn't feel like he was trying to be his dad. No, yeah, and, yeah. and failing. Yeah, it wasn't like against. <laughs> uh, well, not imposter syndrome. That's not really the same thing. It's it's not like yeah, he wasn't trying to just he wasn't trying to make a David Cronenberg movie. It's just kind of how it came out. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah, I think my probably my biggest complaint, and I don't have many, but my biggest complaint about this is that for me at least, I kept losing the thread. It was kind of hard to follow. Yeah. And I don't know if that was intentional or if it was just me. Um, but I imagine I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like some of the stuff is so out there that it's like kind of hard to wrap your mind around it. Yeah. And, but, th- but it keeps moving. And so it's like, hang on. I'm still trying to process the last thing you said. Right. 
And now all of a sudden there's a double involved. Like, Yeah. And like the whole part where like he's telling him, oh, yeah, we'll make you make a, a double of you and the double will be executed. I don't know how I just like wiped that scene from my memory <laughs> because when they're stripping him down and putting that putting him in that room. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> what is the, like the whole explanation? And it didn't help that um, let's see, uh, what was his name? Uh, Thomas Kreshman. He's he's been, I mean, in 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 a lot of stuff. He was the detective. He's the de- detective. He's, uh, um, I think, I think he's French. Oh, German. He's German. Okay, the name makes sense then. Um, sometimes I can't when they're speaking English. Sometimes I can't distinct. Distinguish um, French and German. Something about those accents just kind of sound the same to me when they're speaking English. Anyway, but when they speak French, it's all Tom, 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 Tom. I was seriously just crying, laughing at that. I was laughing pretty hard the first time I saw it too. Um, <clears throat> it's but, like it's it's funny each time they go Tom. And then you see it, it's Tom, 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 Tom. Yeah, it's like at first, it's like, it's like, oh, yeah, they all sound the same. Well, like after a few, I'm like, oh, I, I see where they're going here. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, anyway, but yeah, so his, I felt like he was talking quickly, quietly, and with that accent. And I had a really hard time making out exactly what he was saying. Um, and so by the time that scene was over, I only caught little bits and pieces of what he was telling him that he had to pay some kind of fee. And I thought it was like he had to pay a fee to get out of being killed mm. by this son. And so when they put him in that booth, fucking butt naked, I'm like, what is happening it's here? Delousing? Yeah. <laughs> it's powdered sugar. And it's like, <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> Um, I was just like very taken aback. Like I have, that's what I was telling you. I'm, it's, I'm going to need to read the Wikipedia page <laughs> because I am so confused. So I was watching it out here. My girlfriend was watching something in the bedroom and then we had the air fryer going. Mm. So I turned on the subtitles. I almost did the same thing. Uh, cause it was, I don't know, probably like nine 30 when I was watching it. My son was already in bed. Uh, my wife was in bed. Yeah, she went to bed early. Uh, and I had the air conditioner going. Mm. It's The air conditioner is fairly quiet as far as air conditioners go, or a heater is. It's a, it's a mini split unit for those of you who know what those are. Uh, it's relatively quiet, but, you know, when it's blowing enough and the TV is at the just like the right level. It's like so fucking hard to hear. Yeah. Especially when people are, you know, talking like close talking. That was what another thing is like the volumes kept yeah. changing. And it's like the loud parts were so fucking loud. Yeah. Because like you don't want to turn it up too much when they were talking quietly. Yeah. You think you're going to get blasted out of your chair. Yes. Yeah, because so, I've got the surround sound at home. So it's just like those loud scenes are really fucking loud. Yeah. Um, anyway. It's like a fucking Max L commercial. 
uh, just living that THX life in my house, you know? <laughs> None of our fucking, I don't know how many younger listeners we have, but they uh, have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> fucking old bastards. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, but I bet Bob gets it. <laughs> uh, I was leading to a point there, and now I can't remember what it was. I don't know. You were confused. I was confused, yeah. And, okay, so, but yeah, that that's kind of my number one complaint um, about this was just I kept getting lost. And like, again, I don't know if that was just me, but like again, there's got to be somebody else out there that was getting lost too. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen and I don't understand why they happened. Right. Um, also, even though I wasn't like, even the parts I wasn't getting lost in, they're just like, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> well, like we talked about like, if I say it out of context, is this still a spoiler? I don't know. I don't know what you're referring to. So. There are multiple doubles. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. I think you and I were both questioning where they're coming from. Yeah. Because it wasn't explicit that, you know, it was coming from the government like the like the original doubles had. And I thought that once a double was made, they were promptly killed. Right. So... There's just stuff like that. It's like, I mean, I could infer, but I don't know that that's necessarily correct. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I don't know. It, for me, it was just, it, it seemed like some of it was kind of like disjointed and it didn't really flow or connect at certain parts. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could have been a, an artistic choice. I don't, I don't really know. Um. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he wrote this too, so he, right. he knew what he was directing. <laughs> he had a vision. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I think that's pretty much what I have to say about that. Yeah. I mean, I texted you at one point and I said, why are the Cronenbergs so fucking weird? <laughs> <laughs> that's on their family crest. It's a weird movie. It is. Uh, but I was into it. Like, I, I mean, part of the reason I was so into it was because it was so weird that I had no idea what was going to happen right. next. <clears throat> uh, but no, I was I was into it and I dug it. Yes, yeah, yeah, pretty good. Um, I don't know that this is really my type of movie. It's not mine. Um, I don't know if I would watch it again. I like I'd probably maybe watch it if I was like showing it to somebody. Sure. Um, like if like, but I'm just like home alone on a Friday night or something and just like flipping through and I saw it, I probably wouldn't be like, oh yeah, I'll watch that again. Yeah. Um, but no, it's like I might, but it's questionable. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just I think about all those other movies that I would <laughs> like watch instead and it's like, it's hard. And then for you me would just get... watch Letterkenny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, probably. <laughs> Honestly, since fucking COVID happened, I have watched like the same half a dozen shows 
probably like two or three times each. I'm just cycling through them. Because <laughs> I, I, I've said before, you know, when I'm when I'm working just to have some kind of noise in the background, I've got the TV on yeah. behind me. So it's it's not like a big distraction because it's, you know, behind me. So I'm not just staring at it all day. But it's, you know, giving me that kind of white noise almost. But yeah, if I can <sighs> scrubs, litter Kenny. Letter Kenny, I've watched probably four times. <laughs> um, because, you know, the half ep- hour episodes and there's six to eight s- episodes a season. Yeah. So I'll just burn through them real fast. But uh, Scrubs, Letter Kenny, Community, I'm watching that again right now. Um, there's some. There are some other ones too. I'm just basing. Anyway, I think you're due for an Always Sunny rewatch, personally. Yeah, I keep like contemplating that, but I feel like I would be too like like I said, you know, if I've got it on while I'm working, I can't just sit there and watch it. And I feel like I would be too tempted to just sit there and watch it. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean that that'd be something more for like free time, but. Fucking who has that? I don't have fucking free time anymore. I sacrificed my free time twenty one months ago. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, Infinity Pool. Uh... Seven. Yeah, I think that's uh, where I'm at too. It's bouncing between seven or eight. Yeah, it feels it's a little high for me. Yeah, but I mean that that's that's a, a personal taste thing. Yeah. Anyway, all right, we did it. We did it. It only took us forever. Um, probably about three hours once once all the editing's done. You're welcome. Um, burp. <laughs> Welcome for that too, ladies. <laughs> You're right. There are no women listening to this. Um, we're gonna be back uh, in a couple weeks. We thought maybe that we wouldn't, but uh, things changed, so now we will. You're welcome. Uh, it's gonna be our annual uh, salute. <laughs> My little leprechaun. <laughs> sure yeah i got it uh to irish horror as it is, i mean it, so saint patrick's day is on the 17th the episode comes out on 22nd so it's close enough and deal with it <laughs> <laughs> well, like it's very rare that our holiday episodes come out on the holiday it's very true i think it, i think maybe we had a halloween episode come out on halloween once, once. christmas once yeah um, I think it came out on Christmas Eve one year, if I, if I remember right. I mean, that would make sense, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so uh, what are we going to be watching, Taylor? Uh, we're going to be watching Unwelcome, and You Are Not My Fucking Mother. <laughs> it doesn't say fucking. Taylor shit. added the fucking. You're my fucking mom. <laughs> uh, and those are, yeah, yeah, both Irish. Irish. Irish films. Uh, so come back and join us for that. We'll do a little little jig. Yep. We'll drink Guinness. I'm not gonna drink any Guinness. I'm not gonna drink any Guinness either. Drink some Jameson. Okay, I can drink some. I got. I, I got fucking time for Jameson. <laughs> I got so much fucking time for Jameson. Uh, okay. 
So catch us then. In the meantime, Taylor, where can people find us? You can find us at graveplotpodcast.com as well as wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to give us a rating, five stars, hearts, rainbows, clovers, and blue moons. Put a little something in the text box. It helps us get found by more people. Uh, it, it really doesn't matter what it what it is. Uh, you you could just tell us we suck. Tell us, it, yeah, tell us we suck. As long as you give five stars, I don't care if you tell us we suck. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Grave Plot Podcast, or Twitter, Grave underscore Plot. And patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast if you want to help out the show monetarily and get some uh, get some stuff in back in return. I wish Twitter would fucking die. Yeah. For like two reasons. Because it's a fucking cesspool. And so we could like just, you know, fucking unify our <laughs> our social media handle. I know. <laughs> yeah, Grave Plot Podcast is too long for Twitter. Womp womp. Okay. Uh, so we'll catch you next time, guys. Until then, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. <laughs> <laughs>